quiet your mind. Ever since the Earth has circled the sun, there have been fantastic tales of wonder and mystery that the faint of heart dare not discuss. But two brave, uninformed souls have the brass to tackle every extraordinary happenstance from the modern age to the dawn of Mantis. Upstairs phone. We don't have a phone in our attic. Uh, we have a lovely episode for you tonight. Yes, we do. Are you? Is that your Vincent Price? I don't know, really. It kind of sounded like Gollum almost. <laughs> we have a lovely episode for you tonight. I would, con- I would consider that kind of a Halloween character. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, uh, welcome to Donna Mantis, a variety podcast. You can find us online at www.donnamantis.com. Also on Twitter at dawn of mantis joe how's it going tonight it is going well as always how are you tonight good i'm having trouble with my mic i noticed that man what's going on over there right there okay no i got it it's good now it's you know i think that oh it's still going yeah it's so sorry i need to fade that out that wasn't very professional of me i think the i think the setup i have for your microphone stand is not no it's okay it's fine i'm gonna have to do something eventually though it is fine i got it in the i got it in just the right spot all right. So that never happens. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What? What? So, uh, yes, welcome. It's our 101st episode. We are recording this just a day or two before Halloween. Yeah. 2020. Yeah. Halloween. Yeah. So, hopefully, you're, you guys are uh, um, going to do something oh, fun for go. Halloween. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I mean, we're just going to kind of, uh, mainly just because it's, it's the weather's kind of crappy, we're just going to kind of tone it down a bit. Just do some, uh, you know, a little bit of trick-or-treating and then maybe just, like, watch some uh, scary movies that aren't so scary to me, but my son will like because he's three. And, uh, yeah, I don't think I want to show him Halloween yet. No, <laughs> no, probably not yet. I will be uh, on stage. Yeah, you'll be on stage. We got, yeah. I know uh, people that listen regularly might be like, oh, you know, several months ago you said you were quitting the band. We are. We're phasing out. Yeah. Um, more than likely after December, that'll be the last show, but this is uh, kind of the last hurrah. Yeah. Yeah. I got a totally cool, I'm going to look like a, uh, like a, a metal Mozart. Yeah. Kind of no, with my yeah, costume. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, about I got to that preview part. that costume on the, uh, when I got here tonight. <laughs> yeah. I answered. I kno- <laughs> yeah. I knocked on the door and Joe answered and he's, yeah, he's like, he's got a beard with a black wig and, and, um, uh, like this awesome, like colonial style. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah, with like all this elaborate like sequence stuff on it, and, and black tights. Yeah, yeah. First time I've ever seen you in black tights. Yeah, my wife and daughter was talking about they never noticed <laughs> what skinny legs. I, that my daughter was like, "Dad, you have a thigh gap." She's like, "I'm jealous. From the waist down, you're amazing." <laughs> I was like, "Okay." <laughs> uh, it's not every day your daughter is jealous of your figure. <laughs> a, so a thigh gap is usually. 
that's good, I guess, but you don't <laughs> not not accompanied by a front bulge. So yeah. that's not good. Those two things don't mitch. No. Or mitch. Mix. <laughs> Those things don't mitch or mix. Mix or match. Mitch. I, mi- I mixed I mixed it. I know what your brain did. Yeah. It, I like it that actually word. did. Yeah. yeah. Mix and match. Mitch. That's so funny that you could pick up on that. Yeah. I know you, my friend. Yeah, that's very good. Yeah. Pushing that's 20 years, good. I can read your brain like a printout. Yeah. Yeah, that's very good because I didn't even knew what I didn't even know what I did there. <laughs> so that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple of days from Halloween, it's Man, I don't know where you guys, what the weather's been like where you guys are, but here it's been total shit for about six straight days. It's rained six inches in six days Yeah, here, Yeah, but tonight it's clear, it's crisp and cold, and there's a full moon. Yeah. Oh, it's a beautiful night. Yeah, it, it definitely is. It yeah. definitely is. So, yeah, it, it saved it. It saved the good weather for a podcast night for sure, so, so we appreciate that. Yeah. So what do we got for a Halloween episode? We got something spooky and scary. Yeah, so I got to thinking about this old wives' tale. This not really such maybe a wives' tale, but also just kind of like this old paranoia that creeps up every Halloween. <laughs> Does have some bite to it? Yeah. Uh, everyone has heard. Every one of you, at some point in your lives, uh, on or around Halloween, has heard some talk about poisoned Halloween candy. Oh yeah. Now, didn't yeah. you tell me when you were a kid, you remembered... Go ahead. T- yeah, tell us so my mom took me to a local hospital. Uh, there was nothing wrong. Where they, I guess, set aside one of their x-ray machines for the night. And they x-rayed candy for who just whoever wanted to get it x-rayed. Yeah. And which, when I was like, when I was a kid, yeah. I guess I was just like, just give me my damn candy. <laughs> like... It's like, worth the risk. I'm, I'm thinking they better not take any. You know, I worked hard for. I went <laughs> give door you to half door. of it back. Yeah, I, I, you know, that's where every kid can realize that they don't want to be a door to door vacuum cleaner salesman <laughs> because uh, it takes a lot of work to get the candy, and then you get the 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 people that have the giant bowl, and then they they take they take their little pinchers and they pinch one little piece of candy. That used to piss me off. Yeah. One Tootsie Roll, you have. <laughs> You have seven pounds of candy there, and you yeah. give me one Tootsie Roll. Yeah, you got to give them a handful. I give everyone a handful whenever whenever we do it. So, uh, But on the flip side of that, there was the rich houses that would give you, like, full sure, bars. Sure. Oh, yeah. We had a neighbor We had a neighbor uh, where we used to live that would, uh, would give, uh, yeah, they'd give you a, a full candy bar and a Coke, a can of Coke. Dude, the, uh, it there's felt a really- like It felt like a million bucks. Yeah, there's a really funny episode of Bob's Burgers. Really? Yeah, where Gene and Tina and Louise sneak out to Kingshead Island, because okay. that's the rich part. Okay. And they're they're trick-or-treating, and they give them full bars, and Gene's like, full bars? How does this not topple your economy? <laughs> they're like in heaven. Yeah, it's a great episode, Bob's Burgers. Full bars. Full bars. That's funny. Maybe when I maybe one of these days when I retire and I have some money, I'll be the full bar guy. But <laughs> right now, I'm not. I, I, may, I might as well. I give them a generous handful, so I could probably get a, do a full bar. Now, now it's old bite size Ivan over there. <laughs> oh, don't go by bite size Ivan's house. Gives you a, f- a handful, but they're bite size. The handful is the equivalent of yeah, half of one yeah, bar. but but you, it's variety, right? You get you get a variety, and I only buy like I won't buy Halloween candy. I won't eat, and I think I, I'm a I I like candy. I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan, so like I feel like my house is a pretty good safe bet because like it's like nope 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 that uh, that bag has filler in it <laughs> that has those little orange things that no one wants right oh there's a there's candy corn no we're not getting that bag that's that's a crap bag candy we're, corn and oh. 90% of this bag is tootsie rolls no we're not getting that that's cheap that's not that's not we're getting laffy taffies we're getting chocolate 
We're getting uh, uh, gummy, little gummy bears and, and gummy uh, Krabby Patties. Oh, I, mean, I love we're, those. We're getting the good stuff, right? Yeah. You're not going to come to our house and get and get anything less than than what I would eat. So, so uh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I won't give you my address on the podcast, but just, just know that there's a dude <laughs> out there like me. Oh, you don't want all of our listeners showing up to your house at Halloween. That could be seven, eight, <laughs> ten people. Insane. I'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that's that's uh, kids only, and kids shouldn't listen to this podcast because every once in a while we say, "Gosh darn," and <laughs> and uh, and dag nabbit, and like other bad, you know, potty mouth words. My feelings on candy corn can be summed up by a song by uh, from a children's show called Moose a Moose. Do you remember that? No. Lexi watched it all the time when she was a little girl. And uh, it goes like this. No, I don't like candy corn. No, I don't like candy corn. Moose a moose. He was on like, I don't remember what network he I mean, was on. It's it's great. So, it sounds kind of vaguely familiar. <laughs> but uh, He so had a little owl that used to fly around with him. So are you saying that they didn't like candy corn? Is that what you're saying? That was the theme of the song. Okay. Okay. Don't yeah. like candy corn. Yeah. Uh, now then, that, that, so that's one of those songs. Like That's a curse that you probably just gave me. Because I'll be driving home and be like, I don't like candy, candy corn. Joy. I'll look it up and show you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't have my phone. Um, So, uh, yeah, it's Halloween. It's almost Halloween. Uh, by the time y'all listen to this, it'll either be Halloween Eve or Halloween Day. Um, So we are going to talk about tonight a case that has something to do with that 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 old paranoia of something being in your... In your candy. Um, that was around before this case. This case that I'm talking about took place in, uh, oh, I don't know, 80 or 81. Did it just totally break out of there? No, I, I did that. Oh, oh, you did. We That's should, it. We should have started the episode with that. Listen. Candy I remember corn. this Moose yeah. Moose guy. Wasn't mm-hmm. this moose like the figurehead or the not figurehead, whatever you call it? Like that. the mascot for Noggin. Yes, TV. for okay, Noggin. I do Noggin. Remember. I kept thinking Nick and Lolium. I it's do. Noggin. I do remember them now. I love. Yeah. I love that song and I love that video. Like everything about it is very nostalgic because I remember my daughter being a little toddler. You, you know, we would watch that over and over, especially yeah. around Halloween. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, this whole paranoia about the candy thing on sure. Halloween. It's been around forever, and we're going to get into the history of it. Okay, yeah. But after this, it was way, way more. Um, but I do want to say, right off the bat, and I'll get uh, maybe this is a spoiler, it's bullshit. Okay. The whole thing about being terrified about over overall, it's bullshit. There's really never been anybody that just randomly put razors or poison or anything in, in random Halloween candy. Well, it's just like anything that happens one time and a massive amount of people like are afraid of it it's it's largely bullshit because it's kind of like the thing that came out where it said that always inspect the handles of your gas dispenser because <laughs> because there could be a needle in it there was a guy that had aids and he was mad that he had aids so he put his own blood you remember that i also remember that being a a a fear uh movie theater movie seats. theater seats mm-hmm. yeah so i wonder if that ever happened yeah you you want to hear something that's completely ridiculous okay with that in mind, there was a few. I remember there's been times where I would go to the movie theater and I would feel with my hands for the needle. What the hell? I'm gonna I'm gonna get poked. What was I thinking? Did you did you like feel? Make sure that you 
did your wrist like you felt with your wrist. No, I'm kidding. I just remember like lightly <laughs> no, gliding my hands over the seat. But it yeah. was still would have poked you. Yeah, oh yeah. So that was stupid. Of yeah, me. but even so if you think about this, even if it did, maybe with your hand it wouldn't like push the syringe thing close. Right, you just feel the slight like scrape and it wouldn't it, that is better than just sitting on it and it jamming half an inch into your ass. Sure. Well, yeah. I think so. Right. That uh, sense has been never been said before on this. False. <laughs> it said false. That's n- it's never happened. Yeah. Madman injecting F- HIV infected blood into suspecting oh, moviegoers and random young people. False. Okay. Yeah, dancing bars or at raves. Right. So right. I didn't hear that part like at raves, like somebody had a syringe. Like, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh-huh, you have AIDS. I've uh, never heard that either. Yeah. Well, you don't have AIDS. You have HIV, which can, over time, <laughs> develop into the AIDS virus. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, I'm leaving. Except for these days, you can take a series of pills every day if you have HIV, and it will literally, you'll live forever. Yeah, you'll they, say, forever. they say all that, and then they're like, ah and then run away. <laughs> like Nelson? Yeah. <laughs> say further research is needed. The Needleman scares rippled through, through New, New Orleans. Orleans. Yep. At in the, in the 1920s? 1920s and 30s. Well, oh, wait, 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 this is talking about something else. I was going to say, what were they transmitting in the 20s? Because AIDS wasn't around. I mean, maybe it was around, but it wasn't known about till the 80s. So what were the needle, what was the What was the end game in the needle scare in the 20s and 30s? What does that say? Uh, Very interesting, people. Yeah, maybe it's giving you like, I don't know. Mm, attacks were said to take place in theaters, but also on the street. Yeah, but attacks of what? Incarnation. Uh, in, the legend and its current incarnation, teenage girls in darkened theaters jabbed with needles, dates back to a much older non-HIV story, one rampant in the New, New Orleans area in the 1930s. Okay. Uh, to some girl, young girls were told to be wear some. Yeah, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> Toothsome? I just went. They over, just had so many teeth. I just went over it like okay. it, like I knew what it meant. Keep going. Beware of the needleman. Needleman. Your name's Needleman. What does that uh, mean? <laughs> Tom Needleman at your service. ladies were strictly instructed to sit at the end of the aisles in movie houses, not in the middle, uh, lest they attracted the attention of white slavers working in pairs. Slavers? Yeah, I don't know. Okay, slavery was not around in the 30s. What the hell is this? Oh, well, maybe it just means like. Maybe it just means people hired to do this or something okay. uh, somehow. All right. Working in pairs that sat down behind the girls, one on each side, inject her with morphine, carry out of the theater. Oh, this was like a really early version <laughs> of, um, what's the term this I'm thinking of? This sentence is funny. Roofie. Yeah, this sentence, <laughs> I don't know why it's funny. Inject her with morphine and carry her out of the theater and into a life what of shame. shame. Oh my God. <laughs> what? Such a- Who wrote that? Who wrote that? How dare you? That's ridiculous. <laughs> so this was like before roofies, people would just inject girls with morphine in public and just carry them out yeah. into a life of shame. <laughs> That's so. Sad. I guess that what are they saying? Like they're an addict because they did that. I think a life of shame means like they carry they roof well, roofied. That's the term. They incapacitated them with morphine, carried them out, and then did what men do. But to me, life of shame is like. Like from there on out, like they just make bad choices in their <laughs> undesirable character. That's what that sentence says to me. Okay. Life of shame, it should have said, it should say carry them out of the theater and 
physically assault them or something like that. You yeah, know? and into a life of shame. Yeah. That is such a weird way to yeah. put that. It's like you can never come back from that, right? Yeah. The, I don't know. I don't understand. The, but it's all a myth anyway, so it's just funny how it's written. So this is not cooperate. This is not true at all, right? No, That's yeah, so this is false. But they think that it, it did, they like did a resurgence, like it was morphine and then it was AIDS. I, I take it as uh, the sentence carrying them into a life of shame, meaning that like they obviously would carry them out of there and then have their way with them and and well, the yeah. women would yeah, then... I guess I could see that, but I, just, I don't. I don't like the way that's worded. But I obviously, mean, it's all not. semantics. Listen, right? if that is the case, uh, yeah, that should not result in. I, I, yeah, I understand how that would make the victim feel. Um, but yeah, boy, I hope that they wouldn't feel a life of shame. You know, because it's, it's not their it, fault. It, yeah, it wouldn't be your it's fault. Like a rape victim, though. I mean, I guess, I guess maybe I can take that back a little bit because maybe like. You know how a rape victim has, you know, their life is ruined. Oh, of in, course. In a certain sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. in maybe every sense. I don't Psychologically, know. Psychologically, emotionally. I can't speak for them. Yeah, but. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Let's get away from that topic. That's yeah. way too heavy yeah, for us on Yeah, let's get back Halloween. to the poison candy. <laughs> so it makes how, me feel better. How the shit did we get there? Okay. Well, because the, it's very similar to this. Like the, yeah. ne- the needle man. Okay. Needle yeah. man. Needle man. So, yeah. Um, we are going to be talking about the murder of... A sweet, young, innocent boy named Timothy O'Brien tonight. Okay. All right. So I would wager just about anything that every single person who has ever been trick-or-treating has been warned about the possibility of poison or razor blades being put into the candy, Mm -hmm. like I said a minute ago. But I'm reading my notes now, and I typed that in the damn notes as well, so you're going to be hearing a couple things twice. Okay. (laughs) I like it. Unbeknownst to most people, this is a concern... uh, that didn't originate with your mom or your gram-gram or Uncle Phil or whoever the hell told you. It actually goes all the way back to the Industrial Revolution. It was then, and this makes sense when you think about it, it was then that most folks stopped making their trick-or-treat candy at home in lieu of buying it from commercial sources at the market. Which to me, actually, okay, I take that back. That's odd. It's weird that the concern crept up when, when, when the candy production moved from people's kitchens into commercial facilities. You think it's weird? It's weird because wouldn't you be less? Like if you're out trick-or-treating, you know, this Halloween in a couple days. Yeah. And you get some handmade little things that are wrapped up in saran wrap. I trust those less than something that's been commercially sure. made that I know is has been scrutinized and has, you know, the, the health organization has probably inspected that plant. So yeah. it's that's weird to me. Well, isn't it weird? It, it is weird. And... and isn't it weird that like we almost trust i mean people talk about ai and stuff like that being afraid of ai taking over we all we in that sense we trust machines more we're like we don't want something handled by someone <laughs> by some human <laughs> yeah we want something where someone built a machine to package it all yeah that's weird because it takes because really and it's funny i mean you laugh but it is funny but it's like yeah we're taking the ability for one human to to go and I mean, they could still stand up on the guardrail and and piss on all of it, sure. But, uh, but you know, it's like it's like we're we're just taking that you know human element out, right? Uh, yeah. in, like you said, but but in in to to counter that a little bit, like maybe whenever that first started going from people hand making it into manufacturing, maybe like the world was different. Maybe you would trust more because like a machine making your food. That was a new thing. It's like, oh, I don't yeah. trust that. 
So, like, you trust the little old lady that gave you a saran wrap full of whatever. That makes sense. Yeah, and I bet, yeah, and I bet pretty. See, we've grown up with, like, everything that we ever consume as mass produced unless our family did it for us. That actually makes totally total sense. And and back in these days especially, you know that that people were trick-or-treating in little villages where they knew all their neighbors. Yeah, sure. So that does make sense. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So, yeah, they went from... Little little Miss Jones or whatever yeah. on whatever corner, and they know all the people. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, why would I want candy from some cold factory somewhere where I don't know anybody when and I can get it from the corner? You probably didn't go to. You probably I don't know. I just assume you didn't go to a lot of strangers. Like you, like you said, you kind of knew them. Yeah, you stayed in your neighborhood. It's like no one goes to Syphilis Sally's. You know, <laughs> they, they old skip, Syphilis Sally. They just skip. <laughs> I apologize to anyone that had a relative that had that, and that was her name. So they hand out maps, you know, with circles around <laughs> syphilis, Sally's, gonorrhea, Gertrude's. Um, um, uh, what else is there? Uh, the clap, Candace. <laughs> Stay away from her house as well. Jesus. Candace. What was it? What did you say, Sally? What was it? Syphilis, Sally. Syphilis, Sally. <laughs> No one went told. She's like, "Why won't anyone eat my candy?" I'll, I've I wash my hands before I make my caramel apples. I don't think you all understand how syphilis is transmitted. <laughs> it's perfectly safe, my candy. Why doesn't he want to want to bob apples bob apples with, with herpes Henry? Ah, herpes Henry. <laughs> now that makes sense, though. That makes sense. Old Henry takes a gnaw at the apple and gets half a bite, and it floats away from him, and he's got his herps all over it. Next thing you know, it's in your gizzard. Hell no. Hey, I understand you know, that. Speaking of that, I bet this year is a record low for bobbing for apples. <laughs> <laughs> bobbing oh. for COVID. Yeah. Yeah. I got one. What'd you get? Oh, I got one of the viruses. Just put ca- COVID and carrots. We're bobbing for carrots. <laughs> COVID and carrots this year. The world is screwed. Is it going to be a trick or treat? You don't know. You, you'll know in two weeks. You, you got to get tested. You have to quarantine after after you bob for. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's, that's all. That's all we'll say. About okay. Should so, I continue? Yeah, continue. So back to the genesis of this paranoia. Uh, there were doctors back in the late 1800s that were claiming to treat children poisoned from Halloween candy by the hundreds every time the holiday rolled around, but none of these cases have been substantiated. It seems more likely that, given the primitive condition of modern medicine at the time, poisoning was probably the go-to excuse any time a kid got sick who had previously eaten a shitload of Halloween candy, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But the concern grew to such magnitude that, beginning in the late 1890s, the U.S. Bureau of Chemistry began testing hundreds of different kinds of candy and never discovered any signs of poisoning or tampering. Yeah. So this has been around for well over 100, like 130, 140 years this, this thing has been around. Did the, uh, I think, though, the the medicine bottle thing, I think that was, is that not true? The medicine bottle oh, yeah, tampering? The, the aspirin, that was uh, in the 70s. There was, there was a random, I don't remember what city, maybe it was in Ohio, the aspirin murders. Just look, yeah, look uh, Tylenol, Tylenol, sorry. Yeah. Chicago. Yeah. Chicago, sorry, Illinois. But yeah, man, that, that, it was that. 82. Yes, 82. It was that that brought on the whole child proof and, and, you know, like the seal that you have to break and all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, by the way, they have not to this day found out who, seven deaths. Yes, who was responsible for the uh, Tylenol murders? So, That's crazy. Uh, forget Halloween candy. Tylenol was the was the thing that has been you know randomly spiked with poison. It was cyanide, I believe. Yeah. Well, I just read, um, yeah, cyanide right mm-hmm. there, potassium cyanide. Mm-hmm. Cyanide. Yep. Seven yeah, people man. died. Seven people. One of them was a, one of the, at least one of them was a little kid. I remember that too. Yeah. So, and they to this day have no clue, man. No yeah. clue. And that was thirty-eight years ago. So they'll never know. It's just like, I mean, now, I mean, based on the way things were, I mean, how could you? I mean, you didn't have, like, security cameras. I feel like now you'd have a pretty good shot at solving that. Yeah. But you don't have security cameras, and, yeah, so, I mean, I mean, you probably had some, but not. Like, now they're everywhere. Like, like if there's ever a crime in any city, like, you can just look, or any any town, like, they can just start looking at ring doorbells and, hey, there's where a car drove by. Let's find out what car, you know, find out who's in that car, you know? Yep, yeah. So, I mean, that's actually a good thing. Yeah, uh, obviously. Right. I don't mind it at all. I just have to remind myself when I'm out in public now to not, like, dig in my butt or anything. Yeah. Right? Even at Walmart. But it's it's still where. legal, but just frowned upon. It's still legal, but I don't want anybody to just be on the other side of the screen going, Yeah. Did you see that guy? Yeah. Wait, Look at that it. guy. Rewind it. Let's no, the guy with the beard. YouTube. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the guy with the beard. and the I, You know, I don't even think about that. I'll If something is ailing me, I'll dig. I'll dig. <laughs> I don't even care. <laughs> That's got to come out. And you know what? You behind the camera, Mr. Perfect. Yeah. You you would do it too if you, it was bothering you enough. So don't don't snicker and sneer at me. You tell me your butt's never itched, buddy. That's you right. You tell me it's never itched. It's so uncontrollable. Your eyes twitching a little bit. Yes. You got a little like, I got to get it. I got to get it. I've got to get somewhere where no one can see me. That's right. And tell me, there are not very many feelings on this earth that rival that of finally getting to dig in there when it's oh, been bothering you for 10 Oh, my goodness. Come on. Am I right, people? Am that's, I right? That's pretty. It's a pretty great thing. It's really. it's great. It's it's almost you're glad that it happened a little bit. <laughs> you know? You know, it's like. Worth it. Yeah. Worth it. Hashtag worth it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, don't judge me if you right. see me on. And people listening, you know. It's you happened. Know. You know. We're all yeah. human. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on now. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, everyone knows. Have you heard of Hell's Itch, though? I had that. Yeah. From the sunburn? Yeah. Swear on my swear on my life, I, I had that. You want to hear the story? Yeah. Yeah, because oh. I had it one time, too. Oh, you did? Yeah, it wasn't... I mean, it was bad, but it's like I could, I could see how it could have been worse. But go ahead, tell your story. Well, and I'll just make it super short, because I know people are like, Jesus Christ, here we go. Say what it is first. Or hell, I can hell, go, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, it's just where you where you got something like it's usually from a sunburn, right? Where it's just so bad yes. that you can't you can't scratch it because it hurts to scratch. So you can't you get that relief like you want the relief of scratching it, but it's you can't horrible. touch it because yes. you're sunburned. Usually, I just scratch it. You know, I'm like, you know what yeah. fixed mine? Uh, what, what's that? I was 11 or 12 years old. My parents, I'd went over to uh, my cousin Kelly's house, and people committed suicide. I've heard. It was horror. Yes. Yeah. Go I ahead, can go almost ahead. see why. Yeah. We spent all day at Peach Eater Creek. Okay. Uh, no one knows where that is, but that's fine. I've seen it on a sign before. Okay. Over by, uh, on the way to Tahlequah? Yes, between yeah. between Westville and Barron. Yeah, I got you. So, looking back, I want I want to call my cousin. I want to call her and, and say, like, why, why did you not put sunscreen on me? I was a small ginger boy. <laughs> well, no one did back then. No one did. Yeah. We spent all day. I remember getting up that morning. We all loaded up in their van, went to Peach Eater Creek, spent the whole damn day there. I was just wearing shorts. 
And, you know, then that night I had bliss. I remember my cousin Karen just popping these blisters with a needle and she was just like, oh, my God, your back looks like you were in a fire. Yeah. You know, I had a horrific sunburn. Sure. Just the worst. And then I don't remember if it was that night or a day or two or four or three or ten or five later or whenever it was. But one night, man, it was all, it was like bedtime. I just laid down. I had the most deep burning itch just like and and you were right like i could scratch it but it hurt like hell Mm -hmm. and i just my parents stayed up half the night with me and i was crying and my mom tried different things to scratch it with like a hairbrush lightly and it the only thing that worked like at two or three in the morning we found out that if i stood in the shower with cold water running on my back yeah, and I, I'm telling you, I stood in the shower for a couple of hours just with yeah. cold water on my back, and that, like the sensation of the water hitting, sure. kind of scratched it, and also didn't hurt because it was cold. Yeah, so hell's itch, goddamn right, I've had, it was horrible. Yeah. So what, what's your story? N- not as bad, not even close as bad, but I had, <laughs> but I had it on my shoulders, and I was I was like 20, and it's from being at the lake for a long time. Yeah, and it and it it's so bad, but I couldn't touch it. So mm-hmm. I ended up scratching it. I don't. Mine wasn't as bad as yours, but but then I read about it and it and I read this. So my story is more like I was made aware of it and called Hell's Itch. And then they talked about people committing suicide having it. That's insane. So yeah, and I didn't know till because this happened when I was a kid, right? So this is like it was probably ninety one, ninety two, or something. Yeah. And then I didn't know till only a few years ago i was i just happened to see this hell's edge thing yeah and i was like oh my god that's what happened to me that's yeah. what i had yeah maddening yeah, was, response to it sunburn was, mm-hmm. it was horrible dude yeah yeah i i do too remember i think i put ice packs on mine and, that, yeah, yeah, yeah I can and it see just that. it seems like it seems like it kind of hurt when you first put it on but then after a few minutes it like numbed it yeah so uh yeah and it's also called suicide itch oh damn really yeah yeah, yeah. I just so remember, hey, fair skin people, and even not. I don't think I'm extremely fair skinned and I still had it. So, uh, sunburn, sun, sun lotion is cheap. Come on, guys. Neither of us are fair skinned. Actually, spray it. We got the the ginger gene, but for yeah. some reason, like I'm fairly dark. Like yeah. we're, you know, we're not. Yeah, and it's so because we're out in the sun all the time when we're kids. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, being even even then though, being outside for like sure. seven hours in the sun. No, yeah, good. that's too much. Yeah. So cool. The tampered candy myth was studied by uh, University of Delaware sociologist Joel Best, who combed through hundreds of reports from 1958 to 1983. However, Best did not discover a single case in which poisoned candy was randomly distributed in an attempt to harm children. In fact, there were two cases of children dying after eating Halloween candy in which the candy had been suspected but it turned out that one child died of natural causes while the other had actually died after having found an uncle's heroin stash and eating it thinking it was something else. Wow. Actually, I was listening to the the last podcast on the left today and just in passing, they didn't cover the case, but they talked about, you know, really briefly just the history of, you know, uh, weird things that have happened with Halloween candy. Mm-hmm. And they mentioned that, you know, there was one kid that accidentally ate some Halloween candy with heroin in it and he, he died and, but that was it. But, um, and they didn't do a full fledged story on it. So this is nothing against them. This is my favorite podcast, but that's not true. Uh, he didn't eat 
They thought it was at first, but it turns out that he had just found his dad's heroin stash. It was a little boy. Mm. He didn't know what it was, and he'd eaten it, and that's what killed him. It was not in Halloween candy. Yeah. Wow. All right. So there was a a case, uh, this is hilarious, of a California dentist. His name was William Shine, who handed chocolate-covered laxatives to dozens of children on Halloween night, 1959. But other than that, some... Was that his, what, was that his, like, <laughs> seriously, was that, like. Swear to God, that happened. Stop eating all the sweets. I get too much tooth rot in this, in my Do you think that was the motive? I was going to ask you that. I don't know. That. I don't know. It's funny that he was a dentist. Could it be just, like, every time a kid came in, he had a bunch of cavities. He was just that, like, like piece of shit soul that's just like, <laughs> oh, these kids. He's thinking to himself, these kids and their sweets. I'm going to show these I'll kids. I'm going to Oh, and then he's like, I got the perfect plan. Yeah. What an asshole. Yeah. Oh, if if that's true, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I want to go back in time to you, sir, if that's if that's what you thought. When you were a little kid, did you not like candy? Or did you sit around like like the guy from uh um Rudolph and I want to be a dentist? <laughs> you know? I would never eat sweets. I think this guy, this dentist, this William Shine, was not unlike Willy Wonka's fa- uh, father in the remake, you know, with Johnny Depp, Charlie and the Chocolate yeah, Factory. I haven't seen all of that. Okay, but. well, his father is a dentist. Okay, who absolutely hates candy. Uh, okay, it really doesn't mention Halloween, but he just hates candy. Okay, and uh, well, it does. It shows that Halloween. He wants to trick or treat, and the father won't let him. You know, and uh, okay, yes, you'll get nothing but cavities. <laughs> so I just kind of imagine him. That had to have been a dentist that hands out chocolate-covered laxatives on Halloween. There can be no other. There can be no other motive that I can think of other than... Well, he could have just been a psychopath anyway. <laughs> but, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I'll show these little uh, I mean, shits. that's immediately what's going to jump into everyone's head. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, you know, there's an asshole around every corner. Yes, there, there sure is. <laughs> um, despite the lack of actual cases of Halloween candy poisoning, the myth prevailed. Even though the New York Times published an article in 1970 warning about the dangers of tampered candy... Um, but as it would turn out, an event would occur just a few years later that for a short time would serve as proof of Halloween poisoning nightmare of the Halloween poisoning nightmare that parents have been warning their kids about for years. And that event, like I said earlier, was the death of little Timothy O'Brien. Mm. Yeah. So he was born on April 5th, Timothy O'Brien, 1966, and lived in Deer Park, Texas with his parents, uh, Ronald and Danine, I believe is how it's pronounced, and his younger sister, Elizabeth. Deer Park is part of the Houston metropolitan area and joins Pasadena. So Halloween night, 1974, Ronald O'Brien, that's Timmy's father, gathered together eight-year-old Timothy and his five-year-old sister, Elizabeth, to go trick-or-treating. Joining them were several members of a family the O'Briens went to church with, Mark and Kimberly Bates and their father, Jim. So Mark and Kimberly are young, uh, just like Elizabeth and Timmy. They ventured out of Deer Park and headed towards the more upscale neighborhood in a more upscale neighborhood in Pasadena. However, their trick-or-treating stint was a short one because the weather in southeast Texas that night was cool and misty and the children's costumes became damp and cold not long after setting out. Because of this, the group ended up only going to homes on one or two streets before calling it a night. After the group called it a night, they went to Jim Bates' house. This is where Ronald presented them with a handful of pixie sticks. That's going to be really important. 
okay. a little bit. <laughs> he said one of the home, homeowners, I'm sorry, had given that to him uh, after they had passed on uh, from the house there. No one saw, no one saw the anyone give him the pixie sticks. Okay. That's important. Yeah. He handed one to his son, Timothy. He handed one to his daughter, Elizabeth, and one each to little Mark and Kimberly Bates. Now, the last one he handed to 11-year-old Whitney Parker, who attended the first same Baptist church as he and Bates. Now, this this Whitney, despite his name, or maybe this is a common boy name. I don't know. That's a boy. Yeah, I, I knew I knew a boy named Whitney. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I never have, yeah. but uh, he- Or I know. Yeah. Okay. Well, this Whitney uh, had Whitney Parker had showed up uh, trick or treating after uh, everyone had showed back up at the Bates house, and so you know uh, Ronald O'Brien just had this last random pixie stick left. He handed it to Whitney Parker. Okay. So later that night, Timothy asked if he could choose a piece of candy to eat before bed, and his father agreed. So Timothy looked at the pile of candy and he chose the pixie stick. Uh, these are the big pixie sticks, too, by the way. You know, they have the little ones that yeah. everyone thinks of. But remember the big ones? Yeah, oh, yeah the straw. Thing. Yeah. yeah. They're like two feet long yeah. and as big around as your pinky. Yeah. The yeah, bad I remember ones. those. Yeah, I remember those. This was one of those. So Timothy uh, tore off the end and tried to get the powder out, but it was stuck. Ronald took the stick and kneaded the paper tube in his hands before pouring the powder into his son's mouth. Timothy winced and said that the powder was bitter, so Ronald went and got him a glass of Kool-Aid to wash it down. However, the bitter taste was not the only problem. Not long after Timothy had washed down the powder, he started to have severe stomach pains. He yelled to his father that he felt sick before running into the bathroom and vomiting profusely. According to Ronald, he rushed in to hold his son and try to figure out what was wrong, but little Timothy began to convulse before eventually going limp in his father's arms. That's when his parents called an ambulance, but by the time it got there, it was too late. Timothy O'Brien died uh, not, uh, about an hour after falling ill. And I want to take that back. I think the I think the ambulance got there while he was still alive, picked him up, and he died like on the way to the hospital. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, Timothy eats this pixie stick. Uh, less than an hour, he's dead. Whoa. Hopefully they made the call to the other people with the pixie sticks. Yes. Okay. Oh yeah. That's okay. we're we're getting to that. Yes. Uh Ronald, the father, uh immediately pointed to the pixie stick as what caused his son to get sick and eventually die. And although a toxicology report takes time, the medical examiner detected the scent of almonds on the boy's breath, which led him uh to one thing cyanide. Okay. So apparently cyanide smells like almonds. Okay. Is what I learned from this. Okay. The police and medical staff exchanged horrified looks as the realization set in someone had handed out poisoned candy to the children in the Houston area that night. Or did they? Or did they? I, I'm kind of smelling what you're stepping in. And it smells like almonds. <laughs> no. It smells <laughs> like... Well... Okay, okay, it did. Yeah, you're right. You're not wrong. I'm not wrong. Yeah. Authorities rushed to put out the word and urged parents to bring any pixie sticks along with any other suspicious-looking candy to the police department. As the community panicked, an entire room at the PD was soon filled with relinquished, relinquished treats. Every available 
I can't speak. This is one of those goddamn times. Let's start <laughs> over. Every available officer was dispatched to knock on doors and retrieve any other possibly poisoned pixie sticks. To their horror, other than the two given to the O'Brien children, three more had been handed out that night. Each stick had been opened with the top two inches of candy poured out and replaced with enough potassium cyanide to kill several grown men Golly. before being stapled shut again. Golly. Yeah. He wasn't taking any chances, whoever did it. Whoever did this. Hmm. Yeah. I don't yeah. know who it was. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Thankfully, though, none of, the, none of the other kids got a chance to eat theirs before they were confiscated. Hmm. Good. Neither Timothy's sister, Elizabeth, nor young Kimberly Bates had touched their candy, so they were safe. Uh, Jim Bates later recalled, though, how that night his son Mark had asked if he could have his pixie stick before bed. The dad was about to say yes, but the boy's mom stepped in and said no because the powder was messy and she didn't want it all over the house. She said, no, you can wait till tomorrow and eat it outside. So she saved, literally saved wow. his life. Good job. Bates later said in an interview, quote, I came a whisker away from losing both my kids. Yeah. As for the fifth and final, God damn myself, final pixie stick that was handed out to Whitney Parker, a call was placed to his parents to alert them of the poisoned candy. This, this will scare the shit out of you. For a few brief moments, they went into sheer panic as they were not able to find the pixie stick in their son's bag of Halloween candy. However, their panic turned to overwhelming relief as they rushed into Whitney's room to find him alive and asleep, still holding the pixie stick. Whoa. Listen to this. You, this is insane. In a stroke of unimaginable luck, he had been unable to pry open the staple holding the pixie stick shut and had drifted off to sleep instead. So he tried to open it, but couldn't get the staple <laughs> undone, so went to sleep. That's how close he came. A staple was between him and death. Damn, that's crazy. That is insane. Yeah. So satis- Halloween's canceled this year. <laughs> Everyone hearing this is like, no, you won't. After the episode's done, you'll feel fine. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, you won't feel fine. Yeah. But you'll feel okay to go trick-or-treat. Sure, sure. I know. What you, I, I think I know where, where you're getting with this. Right. I think I hear my dog barking out there. I hope it doesn't come over the speaker. Listen. There's like a car out in your driveway. There is? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Okay. Trick or treat. (laughs) Two days early. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Okay. Satisfied that they had recovered all of the poisoned candy, the police immediately began their investigation into who distributed it. Ronald and Jim were the two adults chaperoning the children that night, so naturally they were questioned first. Jim revealed that Ronald had asked him about joining his family to trick or treat weeks earlier and that he had the, the plan... Uh, he had planned out the route already, like weeks in advance. He had their route planned out. He also said that he hadn't gotten a good look at any of the candy distributors that night because he remained at the sidewalk while Ronald and the kids went to each door. So he was not much help. When asked if he remembered when the children got the pixie sticks, Jim revealed the first suspicious detail, though. Ronald had taken the children up to a home that had no porch light or interior lights on that night. So everyone knows it's a universal sign that the house is not handing out candy, right, when it's dark. Sure. Yeah, everyone knows that. But Ronald insisted on going to the door anyways. Jim remembered the group standing on the darkened porch for a couple minutes until the grid, the kids grew impatient and returned to the sidewalk. However, Ronald remained at the door. 
Jim, at the time, didn't think much of it, and he and the children just started to walk to the next house. However, about a minute later, Ronald came jogging back to the group holding five extra big pixie sticks and told Jim, You must have some rich neighbors! (laughs) Full bars! Anyway... When the kids excitedly reached for the candy, Ronald's, Ronald stepped back and placed them in his pocket, saying, I'll hold on to them and keep them dry for now. You can have them when we get home. Golly. So, right, no one ever physically saw uh, anyone hand Ronald the candy. Is that car still out there? I hate to interrupt the... Yeah. It is? I think so, yeah. You can go check it out. Can you talk for a second? Yeah, I could talk for a second. So, let's recap. Pixie sticks were somehow given to those kids. Um, what do you guys think? Who's the culprit? And uh, yeah, and what are you guys doing for Halloween? Like I said, we're gonna stay. We're gonna stay pretty close, friends and family only. Uh, my son's having a big. Uh, he's three, and he's having a big party at the uh, daycare that he goes to. So, uh, so we're gonna be old fogies and. Um, count that as most of his Halloween festivities and then probably do something on Saturday night, just something little, but, uh, and then probably just, uh, make some cookies and watch some Halloween movies. Um, last night, if you're interested, I, I found out that the only place you can watch, uh, the, how the Charlie Brown Halloween video or movie, short movie, um, the great pumpkin charlie brown it's the great pumpkin charlie brown um that only shows one place and i'm not plugging it but it's apple tv uh it's not on cbs this year um i think it might be on hulu premium but i'm not sure so uh um i'm trying to decide if i want to sign up for a free trial just to watch that with my son because he has the book and he is a huge fan so we shall see so, like I said, I'm not plugging Apple TV, really, but uh, I really like that, uh, The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you can only find an Apple TV this year. Uh, I, I read about that last night. Well, that's ridiculous. I know. I hate that. Used to come on ABC every year, but now it doesn't. Right. Yeah. So, for those uh, for those wondering, uh, it was just my wife. Okay. Yeah. She just went to Sonic and got food. and. Well, it's just, it was, you know, we're talking about creepy Halloween stuff. And right. It's like... There's lights. <laughs> it's like, uh, if they're pixie sticks, tell them we don't want them. Yeah, no, don't eat the pixie sticks, baby. Don't do it. Yeah. Um, do they even sell those anymore? Those big ones? I don't know, man. Yeah. You're, you're looking it up. Should I continue? Well continue. I'll look it up. The next obvious question was, where was this house and who had given the candy to Ronald? In the following days, police questioned Ronald and walked him along the same route that he had taken on Halloween night. At first, he insisted he could not remember which home or even which street, which is weird because they only went on two streets that night. And eventually the cops got Ronald to point to a specific house, although, excuse me, even then he said he didn't uh, see who had given him the candy, only that a man's bare arm had emerged from the door holding the pixie sticks that night. So he... (laughs) A bare arm. A bare arm. It was a bare arm. Oh, it was smoky. You can buy these things... Um, they still make them. The big big, ass ones? Yeah, the big ass ones. Right there. It's got like, I immediately look at the, the delivery mechanism. (laughs) 
and then I notice that they've got a like a label over that now. So right. if that label's gone, don't touch it. Right. Leave it alone. Anyway, there they are. Yep. Let's go by Cyanide Sid's house, and he's handing out pixie sticks. <laughs> <laughs> Better than Syphilis Sally. Cyanide, Cyanide Sydney lives right by Syphilis Sally. It's a bad neighborhood. <laughs> Don't go by there. There's 85. 20 bucks for 85 of them. Yeah. The and little they ones, are, yeah. yeah, they are uh, 14 inches. Oh, nerds. God, I remember. I love nerds. Oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah. Oh, man, I love these Laffy Taffy. So, oh, like those it. are good, too. Yeah, I like those. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Candy deals. We're looking at candy deals. <laughs> so, do you remember those squeeze? Like it was, it like it looked like gel, but it was like yes, yeah. You it was red or blue. Strawberry, yeah, yeah. Red in your mouth. Yeah, I like those. Yeah, too. man. Yeah, that's good shit. So, memory lane, memory lane. So, yeah, Ronald said that apparently, according to him, he went to this dark house, no inside lights on, no porch light on, beat on the door, stood forever. The kids got bored, walked away, and then after they walked away, a do- a man's bare arm, just just the arm, like the the door opened up just enough for an arm to hold out pixie sticks. So so the logic behind that is this, it, and it it to- makes total sense. So someone had they wanted to kill some kids, so what they did is they didn't turn their light on, <laughs> let they let their whole porch be dark, and they waited for somebody to knock on the door. Yeah, they had it all ready though. Right, like right there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, yeah, makes sense. very plausible, right? Yeah, yeah. Because if you want to hand out candy, what you do is you turn all your lights off. Yeah, that's right. I hope some detective didn't have to like <laughs> think about like wait a second. <laughs> How did they expect to give the candy out then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's where we are. Well, I bet they're psychic. <laughs> that's that's the only thing that makes sense. Only special people will come to the door when it's dark. Yeah. That's who we want to hurt. If they knock on the door when it's dark, they deserve to get a tainted pixie stick. That was the punishment. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> police checked out the home and discovered that it belonged to a dude named... There's a lot of female names for guys in this story. Okay. A guy named Courtney Melvin. Okay. He was a supervisor at the nearby William Hobby P. Airport. However, this lead uh, lead sorry quickly fell apart when Melvin provided an ironclad alibi. He had been at work on Halloween night and didn't arrive back home until almost 11 p.m. That was the way after the guys, the boy and uh, and the other kids had been there to get the candy. Yeah. Um, his wife and daughter were home that night, but they had ran out of candy way earlier. And by the time that Ronald claims he went and knocked on the door, they were in bed. They, you know, thus that's why the lights and everything. Yeah. Left. Yeah. Uh, more than 200 people corroborated Melvin's whereabouts that night and the focus immediately fell back to the first and only person known to have been in possession of the poison candy, Ronald O'Brien. Ronald O'Brien. As detectives began to hold Ronald under the microscope, some disturbing details soon emerged. First off, Ronald O'Brien is a goddamn idiot. (laughs) <laughs> obviously i mean apart from being just a not good dude for reasons you'll see why i don't understand man like i just i literally just i listened to a podcast today about some kid who so quick story he had a girlfriend she dumped him and started dating this boy's friend mm-hmm. the boy called the friend after and this is over the course of months but the boy called the friend and was like hey let's go hang out 
And the friend was a little bit weirded out, you know, because they were, I think the, the girlfriend and the boy were trying to keep the secret from this ex-boyfriend that they mm-hmm. were seeing each other. But he's like, okay, I guess I'll do that. And the boy, I say boy, I think they were like 19, 20. He kills this guy because he's obsessed with his ex-girlfriend and he's mad that his friend's dating her, right? Um, I said all that to say, man, if I'm going to commit a crime that that if 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 I'm caught will definitely lead to me at the at the worst being killed by lethal injection, but at yeah. the best being put in jail for the rest of my life. Yeah, I'm going to be I'm going to spend two years planning. I'm going to be so careful. I'm yeah. going to be I'm going to plan this out. But this stories like this, like the, the, the one I was just talking about, this kid, Jesus Christ, the day before the crime, he goes and buys sho- a shovel and duct tape. He's on camera. He uses his goddamn credit card to buy this stuff. And then, you know, he doesn't hide any of the he, on the phone records. He just calls his friend and he has all these journals and, and, and like Facebook posts about missing her. And it, it yeah. literally was like a, a two year old, a two year old yeah. with learning disabilities could have been like, <laughs> oh, I he did it. Like you freaking moron, you you idiot! What you didn't even try? And yeah, it, and it, it, you could almost see if it's like, uh, you know, like not premeditated, like crime of fashion or whatever. But yeah, obviously that could have been. Now I, you know, I'm not wishing killers were more were more intelligent. Well, no, but <laughs> but, but basically, you're just saying what a moron, and I totally agree. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Anytime I, I watch a, a true crime or listen to a true crime story like that. And I just hear those blatant detail. I'm just like, did you did you not even try? You yeah. Idiot, did you not think that they would catch that? Yeah. Like immediately. It's the most important. Like good God. Well, not important. I don't want to say important, but it's the most like pivotal moment in your entire life. Yes. If you if you so decide to do that, which you know you shouldn't. Yeah, you'd think that you'd put a little bit more thought into it. I'm such a paranoid person. I wouldn't do anything like that. But if I did. Dude, I, first, I'd probably shave my entire body. If one hair <laughs> yeah. falls off you at that crime scene, boom, you're done. Well, it's just the digital age now. I mean, there's so many records. I mean, basically, if you're a suspect, they they get your phone and they look at everything you've looked at. In, you yes. Know. So, I mean, yeah, which it's almost kind of good. You know, some people blame the Internet for, you know, pedophilia and stuff like that. It's like, oh, well, the you know. It's making more of them, but I I would tend to disagree with that. I would say that it's actually almost a positive thing that it actually drags that to the forefront, and it's not some just some person lurking in the shadows doing it, doing bad things to like you know neighbor kids and family members. You know, right, at least right. the internet gives them gives you some kind of paper trail. Yeah. Well, not even a paper trail, but a digital a digital trail, trail yeah. to find the person because they're going to be searching for weird yeah. crapola. And right. so, so many of these people responsible for these crimes, like you said, they'll they'll look at their phone and they literally will Google like how to how to decompose <laughs> a body, or you know, like you freaking yeah. moron. Yeah. What are you even? Yeah. <sighs> anyway, I, I, I'm just amazed. And but that's what we're going to get into with Ronald O'Brien. Yeah. 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 He sounds super smart. Yes. So um, far. Like I said, you know, they start looking at him closer. His behavior, right? It's like the same with the Menendez brothers, you know, after they killed their parents. Yeah. The first thing you do, at least pretend you're sad for a minute. Yeah. The Menendez brothers immediately were less like, 
snorting coke and sleeping with hookers and buying new cars but, and living the life. Come on. So I'll differ from you there a little bit. I mean, think about this. I mean, you got people you got people that win like Oscars and Academy Award for like acting and the and they play a part. But like if you're a sociopath that would kill somebody, that's a skill to be able to act to where it's believable. So I get I almost see that I almost see how these people aren't able to act that way because right. it is acting because they are they 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 don't have that in their you know they don't have remorse so they have to you know they have to they have to create it right and that's totally you know that's not going to work and it takes like like I'm saying it takes like it takes like trained people that have done that you know in the theater or whatever you know you think that the they'd be a lot better at it than everyone else because so, that because yeah. that is a that's a trade. I mean, that's a skill. Um, obviously, some people have it. Some people don't. So you're um, saying, yeah, the sociopath, and I totally agree. Sociopaths, when they were built, they just they didn't have that part put into them that like makes you feel uh, regret or ashamed yeah. or or remorse or apathy yeah. or empathy. You know? Yeah, yeah, I get for it. sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely empathy. So it's pretty much just impossible. I mean, very hard for them to even like portray that. Or yeah, something, for saying. sure. Yeah, like like they can try to like generate a cry, but it's not going to be authentic. Like, you know, it's not going to feel the same way that it feels when somebody else, you know, really cries. So yeah, especially somebody that doesn't cry on a normal basis. What's incredibly dangerous is a sociopath that can mimic those emotions. Well, that's what, yeah, that's that, what's yeah, dangerous. Yeah. That's, that's what's scary. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So luckily it's probably, it's probably rare, more rare. You I know? would think so. Yeah. I don't know. So, yeah. Well, as far as Ronald, uh, no one had really seen him cry or even get emotional about the death of his son. See, and you're right. I mean, that's a huge warning flag. I mean, yeah. Can uh, I don't even want to talk about it, but like, I just can't even imagine like what you would, how you would act after that. I mean, right. when you're telling the story, like over here, like, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, I don't know. It's crazy. I couldn't. I'll tell you this. When my neighbor died a few months ago, sure. um, I was supposed to sing a song at his, not funeral, yeah. uh, but his, uh, what is it called? Like a wake? It was like a wake, yeah. yeah. Uh, Celebration of life or yes. something like that. Because yeah. he'd been uh, cremated uh, days before. But I, could, I carried my guitar up there. I couldn't. Yeah. And I could barely speak, you know? Like, yeah. I just, I just, I said, it was, I think I talked about it on another podcast, but it was like those heaving, like I, I just couldn't. Yeah. And I, I told the story about how I first met him when we bought our house and he showed up and helped me shovel snow and this and that. Yeah. Uh, but the whole, I could barely make it yeah. through it. You oh, know, yeah. I was just like, <laughs> yeah. You know? And that was my neighbor. Yeah. So yeah. I, and, and I get it. Everyone says, you know, people process grief in different ways. I'm sure that some people might just shut down and almost go numb and just kind of yeah. be emotionless. I get that too. So I feel like that's kind of how it was when my mom died. I feel like I was real. I don't know. I I I didn't cry at the funeral at all, and it and it kind of messed with me a little bit because I did have a thought. I was like, man, if people see me, they're gonna be like, why isn't he crying? But I was like, I mean, I was incredibly sad. Obviously. Oh yeah, of course. But I didn't cry. I mean, I mean, I, I, it was gut wrenching, and and it was it was very hard. But 
but I didn't cry. I don't know. Well, I I think I do know why. Why is that? Your your mom and my mom both passed under, even though your mother was way thirty years younger. Yeah, they they it was uh, so the same way with with my mother. It was a thing that we knew was coming for a long time. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, she had been diagnosed with this thing like five years before. Right. Yeah, and, and my mom may it may have been she wasn't diagnosed with anything, but she was just in her mid nineties. Yeah, and she deteriorated that last few years. And it was, I, look, it was almost a relief yeah. to, to us when it happened because that last several years, it, she wasn't, that was no life. She, yeah. was just, she was just laying there. She yeah. was literally just, you know, she. Yeah, that's what mom was doing. So she, so I kind of felt like I had grieved over a long period of time. Exactly. Because the last year she wasn't herself. No. Yeah. Like she didn't know, she didn't know where she was. Right. I mean. I don't know. Yeah, I, so I feel like my mom passed away a few years before her body. Yeah, you know, I'll never forget one of my uh, wife's uncles at hit at my wife's grandfather's um, funeral. They actually made a comment, and it stuck with me because their dad had Alzheimer's real bad for a long time, and then he wasn't crying at that funeral either. And so I, we were all sitting around talking to him, and he was like, he goes, to be honest, I'm not sad. He said, that guy that died in there wasn't dad. My dad, it was gone like two years ago. I totally, yeah, totally yeah. feel that. And yeah. it's like, and everyone's like, yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. yeah. And he's like, I'm ready to just go home and just get on with the rest of my life. He said, you know, he, he'd he been grieving about that for, you know, he didn't say this. I'm just kind of, you know, filling in the blanks, but... <clears throat> Yeah, he'd been grieving about that for a long time. For sure. Yeah. I get it. And that's why my dad, he was old as well, early 80s. But that's why his death, I think, was so much harder because he went almost overnight. Like, he'd had a heart attack months before he passed away. But he was still mostly him. Yeah. He was yeah. still. Oh, yeah. He was still living at home, getting up every morning. We'd eat breakfast together. We'd sure. eat dinner yeah. together. Now that's, yeah. We'd watch TV. We'd watch the nightly news, go to bed. It went from that to him so he was being he was he's gone. gone yeah so it was very very uh my poor sure. mom lied you know she she laid in a nursing home for years uh especially that last year or two yeah you know like we said so sure. that was it was a very different circumstance with my dad because he was just there one day and it was and he was fine and then he was just wasn't yeah and, uh, damn that that was shit that was rough that yeah. was rough oh yeah so uh yeah I, I i mean my grandma was like that but i was so little that it didn't, and and I didn't spend a ton of time with her. But yeah, that's the only person in my life that I can think of right now. Yeah, that just went like that. Most people, you you had some a lead time, right? Um, and that's why my neighbor's death was hard. Yeah, sure. Yeah, because you just talked to that guy. Right, he was before. sixty. Yeah, and he, yeah, like I said, he used to stop by. I mean, he lived just right past me. He used to stop by here three, four times a week, and we'd yeah. hang out in the driveway and talk. Yeah. Um, or I would help him at his house or I would call him and he would help me anyway. Yeah. And then no one knew it, but he, had, he was just riddled, apparently riddled with cancer. Yeah. But it was one of those deals where, uh, no one knew it until it was too late. I guess it was in his brain and he had a, uh, a stroke. Yeah. And then in 12 hours he was dead. Yeah. Just, just boom, boom, boom. And it was just insane. You know? Yeah. So those really out of nowhere ones just, God, yeah, hey, no, that's yeah. Cause you have no time to prepare your mind. I mean, no, um, not that you can fully prepare anyway, but you know, I don't know. 
It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, uh, back to the you know people process grief in different ways. Sure. Yes. Um, but even having said but all that, your eight year old son. Yes. That was not no- ill. That was totally fine. Yes. He's there Halloween morning. He's dead the next morning. Yeah. And you're not crying. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I, there's not. I don't know if there's much I want to say about that. Yeah, okay. It's just. It's just kind of like. I just think, at some point, I'm just trying to think of my own life. At like, some point, like just like. I mean, there's just like, think about think about what the all the stuff your kid says to you. Think about when you do something for your kid and they say thank you. Think about when you buy them a present, and and they're so happy. Think about whenever you're just sitting there and they just come. Yeah, this yeah. Not, yeah, that's not good. When you're just sitting there <laughs> when you're just sitting there and they just come sit next to you, just or they could sit anywhere else in the house. Yeah. But they come down and sit right next to you and they just want to watch it. The other day, Sagan and I were watching Bob Ross. He watched <laughs> Bob Ross for with me for fifteen minutes. Oh, that's awesome. It's not a long time, but I mean for a three year old to watch a painter. That's awesome. I mean, and he's like, he's making a tree. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. Second, he calls them happy little trees. And so we talked. I Dude, talked about that's Bob. awesome. And he's like, and he and he's he's like yellow, and he's like saying the colors that he's using and stuff. Yeah. And uh, but I mean, it's just like it's like that. Like I was watching it. He was playing around with his trucks and his horses and stuff. And then he climbed up there to watch it. So I'm just thinking, like this guy. I'm looking. I got his picture pulled up right now on, yeah. on the on the computer. It's like that kid. There he he was eight. I mean, there's like years of that, of that kid being around, like doing little things. I mean, not, not even to mention anything that the dad did for the kid. I'm saying just like, he's got to have like countless memories. And then he does that to him. Yeah. Like, I just don't, I can't, I I mean, I almost want to think like if that guy was thinking about harming his kid, like, like, I don't know. I mean, I guess if you're thinking about harming the kid, there's nothing there's nothing that can be done for you, but, but I was like, why couldn't those moments be enough to, to make them like snap out of it? But I mean, the brain, I guess is a complicated, obviously. So I don't even, I don't know. I don't like to analyze this guy, but you know, so, you know, I think that's what makes podcasts like ours tick any kind of true crime. It's like the why, yeah. You know why? How? Why and, and to quote Mindhunter, why did they do that? And why did they do it that way? Yeah. You know. Um, by the way, bad news, man. Mindhunter season three is probably a no go. It's probably never going to happen. That pisses me off so much. Why? Uh, it well, was wildly successful. Well, so it was in a certain. It there were certain a pretty good slice liked it, but it wasn't enough to, and it was really expensive to make. They said the cost to make it. And it didn't have enough a push. I yeah. understand. Yeah. Any, I guess anytime you put something in a different time period, which theirs was the 70s. Sure, yeah. That's all. And, you yeah. know, they, I understand. Yeah. Damn, that sucks. I yeah. love that show so much. Yeah. But the best thing we could do is maybe look at, like, the creator and, and, and keep track of the creator. Actually, I'm going to pull up right now, and I'm going to give them some props. Okay. Uh, because I'm a huge fan, and I know you are. Um, While you do that. Hunter. I'm gonna step outside. By yeah, you. yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm actually gonna give props to the creator, or creator, or crea- creators of this. Uh, if you haven't seen it, fantastic two season show on Netflix. Um, the guy that played Edmund Kemper um, actually was nominated for some awards. I forgot, but I was reading about it the other day. But uh, yeah, 
So created by Joe Pennell. Um, he's a yeah, Weston musical Sunny Afternoon, and he created Mindhunter. Also uh, written by John E. Douglas and Mark uh, Olshaker. Yeah. And then also um, executive produced by, which I thought this was interesting. Where is it at? Uh, Charlie's Theron. Oh, this wow. is the second week in a row I've talked about this. David Fincher. Yep. And uh, yeah, you mentioned Charlie's Theron as well. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I, I just love the feel of it. It's it's a fantastic just the way. And if you don't know, just to tell you what it's about really fast, it's about early uh, FBI profiling mm-hmm. when everyone else thought it was a waste of time to go talk to people like uh, Kemper and Bundy. Of course, they don't talk to Bundy, but this before that. But to talk to these serial killers and and find out why they do what they do, um, and then they actually started collaborating with some uh, um, Ivy League um, scientific minded professors um, about you know actually making it a real study. Um, so uh, anyway, it's kind. I, I would say that it's it's a uh, based on fact but i bet they probably took liberties obviously to make it um and it and it kind of teases uh the whole time with btk yep dennis raider they said one problem was the timeline thing if you think about when dennis raider was caught it was like way later like, oh, it was in the 90s or yeah, early 2000s 2000s yeah. 2000s yeah so they were they didn't really know i don't know if they w- wrote themselves into a wall or right. whatever but they didn't really know how they were going to make that develop see there were other ser- many other serial ki- they wouldn't have had to have chosen btk yeah there's many others to, to i imagine from. they were going somewhere with it but i yeah. don't know what that i don't know what that is but anyway that's that's um i don't know i just wanted to give it some some props because um i watched it again the other day um yeah. start to finish and fantastic show so anyway uh, thank you for making it. If you guys ever listen to us, well, there I'm looking for it on my bookshelf, but I can't see it from here. There's a really good book. FBI profilers did talk with Ted Bundy years later. Okay, and he actually helped them profile uh, the Green River Killer. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, uh, what was his name? Green River. Uh, uh, oh shit! I can't believe I don't remember his name. Um, I can see his face. Yeah, Little Gary sp- Gary Ridgeway. Ridgeway. Thank yep. you very much. That's right. Um, yeah, I don't see it up there from here, but anyway, that's a really, really good book and really cool. But, uh, yeah, he was the guy that stopped for a while, like a, a quite a while. I think so. Yeah. yeah. And BTK did too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Gary Ridgeway, man, he was like a painter at some like Freightliner place or something. Mm-hmm. And I, they actually, that helped, uh, was like, like these, like these, these, these crystals or paint flakes or something. Oh yeah. That I was all over from work. About that. Yeah. yeah. But you know, it's like. Uh, one thing that helped him get away with it for so long that was not like Bundy at all was Ridgeway uh, focused on sex workers. Mm, yeah. And, you know, police, at least back then, maybe still not, uh, they, they don't really put that much time into sex well, workers. Well, I, so I would disagree with you a little bit there. I think it's just their lifestyle. I've thought about that before, and I always thought, yeah, it, they don't focus on it as much. And that's probably, there's probably some of that, uh, there's truth to some of that. But I also just think their lifestyle is just so out of the norm. It's very hard to solve those crimes. Yeah, because it, yeah. it's like, well, so what do they do when someone dies? They 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 talk to all the people that they've dealt with that that 
that is close to them in their life because it's usually somebody like that. Well, yeah. I mean, you got a sex worker. Well, let's talk to everyone she's talked to in the past two weeks. Well, who knows? Who knows? She's I not going to tell you. Yeah, I'm not even. I'm not even trying to be funny, but it is kind of funny. It's like, well, who knows? And, and also, just like, you know, being that it's a dangerous lifestyle. I mean, you know, normally people are killed by people they know. Obviously, I mean the 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 stat the stats show that. Yeah. But these people are putting themselves at risk. Yeah. So then it's just they're getting killed by somebody that's just a random person they've never met before. Yeah. How hard is that to solve? Yeah, you your know? job is just to get into cars with strangers. Yeah, oh exactly. my god. Yeah, that's why Willie Pickton up in Canada got away yeah. with it so much. Yeah, uh, his, his was sex workers. Yeah, um, but I mean, yeah. you're probably right. I mean, I don't want to step on that theory because there probably is something to that. Like, it's somebody that, you know, it's it's somebody that's leaving, living like a, you know, less than desirable, you know, life. I mean, right. I I see that, but. Uh, I just think it, you know, they're just kind of up against a wall there. I mean, it's just like, I said that again, but you know, uphill, you know, uphill for battle sure. for sure. Yeah. So, so yeah, old Ronald, you know, he didn't shed any tears. Like I said, not in the hospital, not in police interviews, not even at the funeral. Mm. Um, Ronald did, however, write a song about Timothy joining the Lord in heaven. And he sang that at the funeral. Now, before you, you know, feel any warm and fuzzy vibes about that, consider the fact that Ronald's family later revealed that a video of him singing the song was supposed to be played on TV that night from the funeral. Uh, but when the family, exhausted from everything, just decided to go ahead and go to bed instead of staying up and watching it, Ronald got pissed off and yelled at, at the family for not staying up and watching him sing. Uh, he also seemed to almost enjoy the attention from the press and the dozens of TV interviews he was giving. But what really brought the focus onto Ronald O'Brien is when it was discovered that in January of that year, he had gotten life insurance policies on. Oh, there it is. I know he had gotten life. I had in no idea <laughs> that came out of nowhere. Life insurance policies on both children to the tune of ten thousand dollars each, which today is about $50,000, okay? Still. But it's not over. It doesn't end there. Okay. Just a month before Halloween, Ronald increased each policy by a further $20,000. This means that if one of his children died, he would receive close, and this is in today's money, just to let you know how much, he would have received about $160,000. If both have died, he would have gotten well over $300,000. If both of kids had died. So also incredibly suspicious was the fact that Ronald's wife didn't even know about the second policies. The insurance agent revealed that Ronald had paid the premiums in cash and insisted on leaving all the paperwork at the agent's office. He also said that he had tried to steer Ronald towards policies that would have paid money out to the children when they turned 18, which would be smarter to do. But that Ronald insisted. If you're worried about your kids. If you, <laughs> and if you thought they were going to turn 18. But Ronald insisted on the accidental death payout policies, even though they had higher premiums. This does not look good. No. He's like, and turn 18? No. No, yeah, let's and get Like the you were saying, like, what were you thinking? The cops check stuff like that, even back in 1970, whatever. Right. Come on. I mean, really? wh why wouldn't you check that? The first thing. Listen, man. I feel like I'm just giving advice on to people on how to kill people. How, I've seen so many cases 
where someone will get life insurance policy on their, their spouse or their kid or whoever in January and in February, they're killing them. Come on, mm. folks. Even if it's going to be suspicious, even if you had life insurance policy on your, let's say your wife for, for nine years, even if you had that life insurance policy for nine years and she Especially dies. Especially if it's a sizable amount. Yeah, you're still going to be under the microscope. Yeah. But if it's nine months, you're definitely going to be. It's going to be ten times more. Two weeks? Yeah. <laughs> no, there's been cases I've read where literally, like, they'll say, well, this policy, you know, it'll be able to be cashed out in, let's say, 90 days. On the 91st day, you know, Mrs. Mrs. Whoever is dead. That Mr. Whoever got it. Literally, like the day that it came, you know, became where they could cash it out, they, the, the person that had the life insurance policy dies. What they're not thinking of is how much people like money, and you're trying to scam the insurance for money, and they don't want to give that money to you anyway. No. So they're, they're def- that's another set of investigators because yeah. they're investigating you're it. You're doubling too. it, yeah. Yeah, so they're like, hey, this looks suspicious. They call the cops. You're right. It does. Let's see if we got more to go with on this. Oh yeah, we do. Uh, yeah, this guy's guilty. Mm-hmm. So, that I mean, that's one of those ones that you, you're a detective. You're given that case, start thumbing through it. After a few days, you're like, okay, I got this one. They found out like, done. Oh, the insurance agent says, oh, by the way, Mr. Peterson, when he got these insurance policies, <laughs> he was like, <laughs> he talked uh, him out of the eighteen policy, the the eighteen payout. Yeah, and you say, uh, I, I'm able to collect on these on the 29th? Yeah. <laughs> On the, what what time though? Like at noon or before? Just curious. Yeah. What if they died? What if I killed them too? I mean, what if they died too early? <laughs> Man, I I just looked looked at the picture of this guy and I'm like, dude, I'm God. I don't. I can't even put it into words. He, it's hard to look at his. It's like damn face. Yeah, the but poor I, boy. They, yeah, it's like the kid. It's like, oh, man, I'm so sorry that you had this idiot looking dad. When my daughter, my my oldest daughter, was a little baby, I was a new dad. You know, she was only a few months old. I was trimming her fingernails. Yeah. And I accidentally nicked the skin. Oh, yeah. And We've I'll, done that before. Okay. I'll never forget. You know, her little her little chin was quivering and she was crying and I was holding toilet paper on it. Dude, I wet. I was weeping. I felt, yeah. I felt like I am the biggest piece of shit father. I shouldn't even live. Hello, I felt child horrible. protective services. <laughs> I want to turn myself in I for guess. child abuse. Yeah. So it's crazy to think, man, that someone could just sit there and watch. Now, listen. Well, he's a sociopath, obviously. Come on. Would you look up um, death by cyanide? This is not a pleasant death. Wait, 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 wait. You're not going to. You don't want me to look at like. No, no pictures for Christ's sake. Uh, like, you know, just like read the. Uh, not the symptoms, but like the, you know, what, what happens to your body? It is not pleasant. It is not quick. It is not like you just fall asleep or whatever. Cyanide poisoning is horrible. Yeah. It's a horrible way to go. Oh, and speaking of that, we we're talking about this before the, uh, podcast, the friends, Ferdinand, uh, Oh yeah. World War One, yeah. That guy had a cyanide pill in his, in his mouth the assassin did yeah well he he and he took it and he like ran down to the no not the guy that shot him the guy the guy that tried to oh okay during the parade route yeah thing? okay yeah okay and he 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 uh uh somehow it got dislodged like and he threw up in the river and then they just caught him 
So luckily he didn't die. It didn't dissolve. Or, well, not luckily. I don't. I don't know what I said. <laughs> I guess it didn't dissolve. So I mean, but uh, basically, what you're saying is that guy is lucky. Incredibly. Right? Yeah. There's a video, and I wouldn't recommend anyone watch it. It used to be on YouTube. I don't remember the guy's name, but long story short, he was on trial for insurance fraud for burning down his house. Right. Yeah. For insurance fraud. Um. This guy, he said so he, he had climbed Mount Everest. He was a really successful businessman, had a lot of money, uh, apparently. Uh, they read in this video, it's in court, they read the verdict, and he's found guilty, right? Yeah. I don't remember that the the sentence was lengthy as far as, like, time served, but I know there was, like, huge, huge uh, fees and stuff he had to pay. So after they read the verdict... You see him kind of like cover his mouth. You would think at the time you're like he's in shock, and then he takes a drink of a bottle of water. Um, what he had did was he he had a cyanide pill ready to take if it was a guilty verdict. This is a true story. He takes it, and it's 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 several minutes as they're reading through all the whatever it's going through their rigmarole. Um, he scoots his chair back and puts his hands in his his head in his hands and leans over and his attorney kind of like starts patting him on his head. I think she still thinks he's just sad. Yeah. But dude, it's, it's a, it's a disturbing video because after a few minutes, he just starts making some weird noises and falls on the floor and just starts kind of snorting and gurgling. And, uh, and of course they rush him out of the courtroom and he dies before he gets to the hospital. But he committed suicide by uh, by cyanide in the court. He wanted to do it in front of everyone. He did, man. He was just like, F you all. Um, yeah, it's it's insane. Uh, what did you find out about the? Uh, yeah, you know, you started talking about it, and I didn't even <laughs> read about it. I'll read. Where's you got it right there? I don't know. I mean, I I, I was I I got it on Wikipedia right here, but I mean, I don't know where the part that's going to talk about like. Um, well, just going by memory, I think cyanide once it gets into your bloodstream, it like inhibits your body's ability to process oxygen. Look right there. Resulting in the body's issues being able to use oxygen. See? Mm. Um, cyanide ions interfere with cellular respiration right there. Uh, okay, in, yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, I don't I don't know where it would say like the uh the uh what what the the, the side effects of take and uh, not side effects. Yeah. The, the death is the side effect. But um anyway, I don't know where it would say it on but it's it's not good. It's horrible. It's it's painful. Oh yeah, you are gasping. You're snorting. Like I, dude, it's been years since I watched that video, and I can still hear the guy. Horrific. Yeah. yeah. There's. I can think of like seventy six other ways I'd rather go than, than cyanide. <laughs> yeah, for Damn. sure. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Um. These are all murders. These are all murders by cyanide. I bet you're gonna you'll you'll see Timothy O'Brien on there. I mean, maybe not, but well, they're um they're look Ronald Clark O'Brien. Yeah, that he's a Clark. He was the murderer. Yeah, the yeah. murderer. Oh, okay, yeah, this yeah. talking about murders, like. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. Um. Speaking of him, the father, the most disturbing details of all concerning the life insurance policies was the fact, and I can't believe this is. I, I'm not even exaggerating. This is true. By nine a.m. on the morning after his son's death, so his son had only been dead for hours. Ronald was already calling his insurance agent about the uh, insurance payout. <laughs> Not kidding. Also, discuss- why wouldn't he just let them call him? <laughs> like he knows he's gonna get it. I mean, I don't know. 
Such a silly thing. Dude, I, I wonder how annoying that is to the listeners, my gigantic jug of, of ice pop. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, your son, let's say die, he's dead at 11 o'clock, 9 the, uh, p.m., 9 the next morning, you're calling the insurance policy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah did you hear about my son? Uh, no, yeah. no one has, because he's not even cold yet, you sick bastard. Yeah, golly. I can't believe that. Also disgusting. Actually, I can. I mean, if he killed the guy, what, what, or if he killed this kid, what else can right. I not put past him? <laughs> you know? Yeah. True. Um, also disgusting is the fact that a witness came forward to say that while at the funeral, they had overheard Ronald talking about what he was going to do with the money. Oh, my goodness. Which included taking a long vacation and giving some to a friend to go to seminary. Oh, he's not that bad. No, he is. He's a piece of shit. Do you think he thought that kind of counterbalanced it a little bit? I think so. And also, if he's a sociopath, he's wanting those social points. So, you know, he's wanting to hear someone say, uh, oh, that's, that's so true. sweet of you to, to finance him going to seminary. Yeah. And he's probably say, well, it's the least I can do with under such horrible circumstances. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's like, maybe it's like, I know this guy's a pedophile. I'm going to go ahead and give him this money so he can, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Old touchy Ted. All he wants to do is become a priest. So I'm gonna... we, we got a nickname thing. Now. We're just making up nicknames for everyone. <laughs> old touchy Ted. Father Ted? Yep. Oh. Yeah. They just relocate him. Father well, Phil. I mean, on. Phil. Phil. Oh, Phil. Phil. <laughs> uh, so far as motive, the massive insurance payout he stood to gain upon the death of one or both of his children was more than enough. But why would Ronald O'Brien be so desperate for that money? Well, it turns out that, although they looked good on paper, the O'Briens were in desperate financial strait in the time before Timothy's death. Although Ronald did have a decent job at Texas State Optical, police discovered that he was under suspicion of theft and close to being fired at the time of the crime. They also discovered that Ronald was a terrible provider and had a sketchy work history. Actually, that's a huge understatement. In the 10 years before the crime, Ronald had worked 21 different jobs. Holy crapola. 21 different jobs in 10 years. I know everybody can probably think of somebody that just like Who's changes too early to be a millennial. Changes <laughs> changes jobs every eighteen months, dude. In the past, since since the winter of nineteen ninety nine, I've had two jobs. I had one job from ninety nine to like two thousand eight, and the second one from two thousand eight to now. Um, yeah. The fact of thinking of twenty one jobs in ten years, yeah. good God, yeah, holy, it's hard to imagine. I worked at a grocery store for ten years, and I worked at Coca Cola for like six. And then you've been, a, and then you've been a. a, a this is like my ninth year in education. Teaching. Yeah, for yeah. almost ten years. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, man. Just imagine. Just since we're not what you'd call job hoppers. No, we're no. I like to settle in a place and stay there, and and you know because there's a feeling. <laughs> there's a feeling that I I want to explain to some people that are job hoppers, and 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 actually I did read an article that's kind of defending millennials a little bit. Um, about how they are job hopping. It's just like they, you know, people our age and older would look at their generation and say, they can't stick it out. But, but a lot of times these people are moving laterally and a lot of times they're, you know, stepping up Okay. because, because the new kind of the way they, and I think we're our generation and older people are, are just like, we put up with more, put up with more bull crap, say, let's stick it out. But their generation 
and it's just how they are. I mean, you can, you know, give them credit or not, but it's just like, they're like, you know, they're pretty good at networking and finding a lateral move. So if they're not treating them good here, they'll, they'll move. And if you're, if it's not affecting you negatively, I mean, I'm all for it, I guess. Right. Yeah, yeah sure. Because <clears throat> life's short to, to be in a job that, you know, we, we're just unhappy. Yeah. Uh, the problem is then you get like the, the downside of that. Then you just get people that aren't moving laterally, which is not good. No. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's just like, um, but, but back to my other point I was going to make before that, it's just like, once you've been at a job for a while and, and you can almost predict everything and that there's something awesome to that. Like even weird days, even bad days, you've probably had a day like that before. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, this thing happened again. It's so annoying. It's like, okay, at least you can say again. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like once you're yeah. on a job for the first couple of years, like every bad thing that happens is, is a new thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And then no, it, yeah. even if it's something bad that's happened before, like you can say, well, last time I did this and it was okay. Or just the fact, simple fact, I think, you know, there's a lot of psychology here that I'm skimming through, but just the simple fact that you can say, okay, I've dealt with that before. Here's what I did. It didn't work out. I'm going to change it up just a little bit and do this. And it's okay. I don't want to sound like Stuart Smalley or anything. <laughs> it's okay. I'm good enough. Yeah. I'm smart enough and doggone it. People like me. Well, I'm big on, look, when it's stability. Sure. And like, man, go go talk to a bank about getting a loan. Yeah, that's true. Things they like to hear. How long have you been at your job? Oh, sure. 12 years. Yeah. How long have you... Oh, you own you own your home. How long have you been there? Oh, nine years. How long have you been married? Oh, almost thirteen. Yeah. You know, like oh boy, like you know that's stability. Sure. Um, I don't know. I, I I'm not a big risk taker, and I never was like, I never was like two bad days at my job, and I'm like f this place. Yeah. Then I would just go somewhere else. I've never quit a job without. I mean, I've only you know the the one the job that I had before the one I have now. You know, I I I I put in my two weeks notice. You know, my last job. Or my last day on the job there was Friday. My first day on the, my new job was Monday. Like, I didn't miss yeah. a day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, luckily, yeah I you just, and I, luckily, at least now for me, it wasn't always like this. But luckily, because I've worked the jobs before where it's like retail and like corporate structure. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just you're just a number and they're making money off of you. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> that's why I think some of those people are job hoppers in those because they kind of feel there, that. Yeah. But I think we're lucky now because they're not really making money off of us. No. Which which is awesome. Right. You know. Yeah. We provide a service that we get paid for. Yeah, exactly. You educate children and I clean water. Yeah. But yeah, we're not like make we're not some a cog in some giant corporate wheel that's yeah. just like turn yeah. I yeah. Did, yeah. I yeah, like I didn't I didn't fit that. I I did that for a while and I felt that and 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 uh yeah, yeah, it didn't it didn't go well. Um but I I don't I don't know. I mean, for some people it does. They say that they stay in that environment forever. I guess they're just they they process that a different way. Yeah, like maybe. I'm always thinking that I'm just a number. But maybe they're not thinking that. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they're just like, Well, I'm just a number, but I'm you know, they're just a number to me. They just give me, you know, my paycheck and I you know, I don't know. It's like they probably process it just in a different way. Well, just me personally just from when I graduated to when I started working in the field that I'm in, there was just a very short time 
where I, I blew through, a, I was at some temp agency and I worked at a few little, uh, at few, a few factories. And, uh, I mean, maybe two, I guess two or just a couple. Uh, but God, people, different people are built for different things. Like you said, sure. there are some people that can do that stuff for 30 years, but I'll tell you what, man, I worked, it was only for 13 days. I believe I worked at a factory where I worked night shift and I just sat at this place and like a brass fitting came by and I stamped it with this thing. And I just did that for 12 hours and that <laughs> sucked away yeah, oh, my yeah. soul. Uh, that to me was like my personal version of hell. <laughs> no, at 13 days later, I was like, I'm going to visit. I'm just going to wither up and die. If See, I don't you think this. like automation and, and like computers running things? I mean, I, I just, that's, that's the positive that we don't talk about enough. It's just like there's less and less of those jobs. And some people from some political affiliations would be like, we need, we need that back. We need strong manufacturing and high paying jobs like that. It's like, yeah, but there's only a slice of people that want to do that. Like, like machines can do that because it doesn't take like, let's let, let's let more creative ventures be the human ventures. You know, it's like the stamping of the, you know, the running the D 3,500 machine. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) the callback, but like, that's only for certain people. And it's not, I don't know. It's, I don't think it's as negative as we act like. I mean, I, I, I think it's, it's, you know, there's a lot of positive there that, that we can't, give the machines because we're we're afraid we're like saying terminators are a good idea or something you know it's like no i'm not saying i want to have uh you know have computers become self-aware and and run everything but but i am saying like i think i think you can link creativity to depression and i think that like everyone needs something that they do to where they have a creative outlet podcast and and that and also just like and and even in the service industry like you're you feel like you're providing a valuable service like and to me the machine thing i mean maybe maybe some people process that differently like i just said before like they're like hey that part's gonna be on that car for 30 years that's awesome you know maybe so which that i mean that's not i'm not saying don't think of it like that because that's a good way to think of it but that doesn't that doesn't like work in my brain you know i don't think it works in yours either like that's not what you're like you think about all those parts that are out in the world that you stamped or whatever it's like (laughs) you know that i can only think about that for just a minute right yeah so yeah yeah man we're just i don't know it's hey different strokes for different folks that's right that's right well yeah uh 21 different jobs in 10 years old 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 ronald o'brien um, it was this lackluster work history that put the O'Briens into a terrible financial situation. And what police theorized was the motive for that big insurance payout. You see, at the time of Timothy's death, death, the family home had been foreclosed on. Ronald's car was about to be repossessed and he had defaulted on several bank loans. In fact, the total debt amounted to a hundred thousand dollars, which is, oh, that was in the, in the late seventies, early eighties, which is over half. No, wait, this was 74. Yes. Yeah. Which is over half a million dollars today. So they were just tits deep in debt. You know, a crazy thought. I don't condone it, um, but it's definitely um, higher on the list than killing your kid. (laughs) 
Sell some drugs. <laughs> like, yeah. Do do something. Rob a bank. Rob a bank. Like, you you'd you'd rather kill your son. Right. Exactly. Like yeah. like, uh, sell your wife's underwear on the internet. I don't know. <laughs> didn't have the internet yet. <laughs> sell them on. I don't know. There was like something. Newspaper. Dial a trade. Dial a- Oh, uh, yeah, my name's Ronald O'Brien, uh, Deer Park, Texas. I got a pair of uh, gently worn panties worn by my wife uh, during a marathon she ran on a hot day. I'm selling these for $12.50. Uh, my just, number is 555. There's just so many illegal things that... That don't involve your son dying. Or anyone dying. Or anyone dying, yeah. Like the bank robbery. I mean, you don't even have to have bullets in your gun. No. Like, you just go in there. Like, you put the, the finger in your pocket. Yeah. You know, I got a cousin that did that one time. Really? Uh, yeah, a long time ago. I think he's okay now, but uh, <laughs> okay. but uh, yeah, I lived in Florida, and he 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 tried to rob a convenience store like that. He was like sixteen. I, I think th- I think he's I think he's all straight. I, it's been like probably twenty so years. He's ago. out of prison. Yeah, I think he I think he was like underage, so they went to a, a juvenile detention thing for a while. Or something. I went to school with a kid that tried to rob a bank. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, the I went to school with a kid who later grew up into an adult and tried to. Oh, okay, bank. okay. Uh, I, as far as I know, he's still in jail. I don't know. Oh, okay. Or prison, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. He said he got but, the idea hey. from watching Point Break. Really? That's what I read. You put yeah. the masks on. Uh, I don't know. I just I. Ronald I don't know. Re- if wasn't could, that what? Wasn't that the? Ronald was that the Reagan, Reagan mask? I believe so. Uh, he just said he yeah. got the idea of robbing the bank. Patrick Swayze. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a, you know, I get a lot of my ideas from. A movie. <laughs> Not. Uh, so, anyway. listen, for those keeping score, you know, that means if both of the O'Brien children had perished, Ronald would have received enough money to settle all his debts and still walk away with a pretty big amount of cash. Yeah, but your son's dead. But your son's dead. Once yeah. his debt and a motive to cover that debt was established... The next thing detectives wanted to do was connect Ronald with the cyanide used in the candies. A search of the O'Brien home turned up a pair of scissors with residue matching the plastic straw containing the pixie sticks powder. Or it might it so smart. I know. Um, <laughs> I said plastic straw there, and then in another article it said the paper tube. So I picked. I don't know. It was one or the other. I don't know what. It, I would imagine it was plastic. You I think, think the so. paper ones came out later, but I don't. I don't know. I, right. It doesn't. It, semantics right yeah i just wanted to to just make yeah make that known cool um it also turned out that one uh one of the teachers where ronald had attended a community college came forward to say that ronald had asked him about the potency of cyanide compared to other poisons <laughs> and also what was the amount of lethal doses yeah I know. he did Jesus everything God. but google where to find cyanide he didn't have google yet or he would have no he just asked everybody yeah oh my god They'll never find this significant. <laughs> no, it's still, it goes on. A worker at a chemical company in Houston came forward to say that not long before the murder, Ronald had attempted to purchase cyanide there, but left after being told that five pounds was the minimum, the amount that they sold. And he was like, I don't need that much. And he left. <laughs> There's no telling what he said. <sighs> I need just enough cyanide to kill an eight-year-old boy. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. A chemist friend of Ronald's also said that he'd been asked about cyanide and several of Ronald's acquaintances said they heard him talking about the poison in the months before that fateful Halloween night. 
Ronald O'Brien was arrested for the murder of his son, Timothy, on uh, uh, November 5th, less than a week after the child's death. Obviously, the mid-70s was long before DNA evidence and CCTV cameras catching every moment of our public lives. But lacking those tools, the authorities did still have a massive amount of damning evidence, albeit mostly circumstantial, when they put uh, Ronald O'Brien on trial for murder uh, on May 5th, 1975. The whole world tuned in for the trial of the Candyman, is what he was being called by the Mm. press. His own wife, just as disgusted as the rest of the country, testified against him and filed for divorce just after the trial. Although he stoutly maintained his innocence, it only took the jury 46 minutes. (laughs) 46 minutes. Look, I've read about some slam dunk trials that the jury still deliberated for 12 hours. Yeah. 46 minutes. So what do you guys think? What do you mean? What do we think? We yeah. could say it right now, but let's let's not set any records here. Who wants a Coke? Yeah. Is there any of that pizza left from the last break? Yeah. And then, yeah, they just said, okay, 46. Yeah, let's let's send this piece of shit to. to they're about to go back in. It's like, wait, wait, wait. We never said. Oh, oh, never mind. We all know. Obviously. Come on. Yeah. Let's get back out. <laughs> uh, yeah. Took them 46 minutes to find him guilty of capital murder and four counts of attempted murder for the other pixie sticks. On June third, nineteen seventy five. Oh, I didn't think about that for some yes. reason. Yes. Yeah. Because uh, and wait, let, what's the? Oh, never mind. Keep. I don't. I don't get why. Oh, just to make it to where it's not just his kid, right? Yeah. See that we need to talk about that. He was willing to kill just to make it look like it was random. I guess right. Yeah. That's ha- that was what it has to be in his brain. Yeah. Well, well if it's several kids. Yeah. Then they'll think it was just some lunatic and not. Yeah. So maybe his own son was like a, maybe he was, of course he gave it to him though. Right. Yeah, never mind. That's, he literally gave it. He poured it in his mouth. Yeah. I gave it to him. <laughs> yeah, so he was willing to kill f- three or four other kids. You. Yeah, and I would almost have to argue that he wanted to like know what it, he wanted to witness it. Seems like it. Yeah. I mean, Six. he didn't feel bad about it at all or he would just say, Take this, and then you would like run out of the room crying or something. Yeah, <laughs> why are you crying about me about to eat this pixie stick? Yeah, it's dude, it's bizarre. Yeah. So forty six minutes to find him guilty, it took them seventy one minutes to sentence him to death in the electric chair. Whoa, yeah. fried him. Yeah, yeah. Well, they should have put her pixie stick in in his mouth. Th- you know what? I think they yes, they should have forced. But- I, you know, I, I get what you're saying, and I, and I almost said it too, but then I, I immediately think, and it's it's so sad that you have to be a fucking rational person. You were about to do the eye for an eye thing? or Well, I'm just saying, like, here's the thing. Like, uh, if you kill someone the way they killed somebody, you're no better than they are. Right? right. It's like, you know, at we're supposed to be better. <laughs> you know what I mean? What? I was just thinking about... Me being on trial, it's time for your death. How did he kill his victim? And I'd be like, can I, can I butt in here? Um, they were had sexed with to death <laughs> by a, a really, yeah, that's how it happened. So I think eye for an eye, I agree. <laughs> they were pleasured to death. With Is that a death. thing? Had sex with to death. Oh, okay. Uh, it looks like that. Oh, no, you stabbed him. You liar. Oh, you sly devil. You almost had us. Send Janine back. She, we don't need her. But I'm just saying like, <laughs> no, you. Sorry, I'm I'm such a 
freaking idiot. Objection, Your Honor. <laughs> That's not how he died. <laughs> I submit one cannot be have sexed with to death. <laughs> I submit. <laughs> Sustained. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, it's what I was saying is so obvious. It's not even really worth saying, but it's like, you know, it's kind of like how somebody wants to, like, behead a terrorist. Right. It's like, like we should do that to them, or we should we should torture terrorists. Of course, we I think we do. I think we, I mean, we obviously have. And I, think I think we, we waterboarded them in. Yeah, no, yeah. but I think, I, think, I think we have, and I think we do. But I'm just saying, like, there's got to be something to make to when you lay down to bed at night. It's like. I'm part of the rational side of humanity, even though the rational side of humanity is not 100% rational. But at least, at least we're trying, on in some degree, to not to not be the monsters that we that we um, you know lock up and kill and put away and all that stuff. Yeah, imagine like there's got to be you've got to protect that right, like yeah. the sanctity of of reason, right? Imagine that even as early as what the late. 1800s it was like it was like a town affair like everybody gathered in the town square to see billy yeah. bob the horse thief yeah. get hung yeah i mean can you it's so weird of course, and a lot of times a lot of times a hanging is more uh like if some guy like the like an axe murder thing like if you get hanged for being an axe murderer that's at least more humane than the way they died yeah because i mean that's pretty fast right i yeah. mean from all i know about it yeah but no, uh, it is. Yeah. If it's done right, your neck snaps and you're, you're gone. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, screw the 1890s as recently as the fifties and sixties. Yeah. It wasn't like a planned sanctioned event, but you know, when they were lynching African-Americans, yeah, yeah. there's pictures of like a whole crowd of folks just with kids. Yeah. Just standing around. Yeah. It looks like they're at a church social, but oh wait, there's, there's a dead man hanging from yeah. a tree. Oh, holy shit. Yeah. Sometimes I even wonder if this whole thing we're in is like even like how can some of this stuff be real? How could that have ever even been real? It doesn't uh, even make sense. Uh, yeah, it's so goddamn weird. Well, it's just yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's I'm very like on the fence uh, on death penalty anyway. I mean, I just think that we you know we're supposed to be a rational society, and to me, that's in a way kind of almost like a like a reptilian like. You did something wrong. You're, you know, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Like, uh, plus all the innocence project stuff. Like, I mean, you, you think, you know, and you got overwhelming evidence, but there's always these weird cases. Like every time I read into those, it's like a weird case to where it's like one little thing. It's like, well, what about this? We can't explain this. It's like, well, we can explain the 99 other things, but we can't explain the one thing. It's like, Right. And sometimes that one thing is the thing that's like, wait, it wasn't him or whatever, you know, yeah. uh, but DNA and stuff makes me like it better. Uh, because obviously that puts you there and all that kind of stuff. I'm yeah, but there's even like DNA touch DNA and transfer. There's been DNA yeah. cases that, that, sure. that were wrong. Yeah. I'm for it. If there's a hundred, like there was a case I just listened to a podcast about in Canada where a guy, I think his name was Vince Lee or something, the Greyhound mm -hmm. bus killer. Yeah. He literally just on a Greyhound bus full of people pulled out a knife and stabbed a guy to death and then cut his head off in front of like a hundred people. And then everybody got, you know, everybody runs off the bus and stands and watches him saw this man's head off and then walk around the bus holding the head up and putting up, up against, up against the windows like that happened. Yeah. Um, 
in that case, I'm like, yeah, that's he pretty much that's pretty obvious he did it. Oh, and by the way, in that case, did you know that he served like five years in a mental institution and he's walking free today? Whoa. Swear to God, you can look it up. Look yeah, up the see, Greyhound I, bus I killer. Don't, I don't agree with that That's at all. That's 100% fact, my yeah. friend. I mean, I'm not saying I want him uh, like death penalty, but I don't agree with him being out. If you're going to kill someone, go to Canada. They have some weird ass rules and laws up there. I've heard some weird cases come out of Canada where uh, some people have basically gotten away with some just yeah crazy gotten away stuff. with murder yeah 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 i mean the the people at the the facility where he was was like look he's been taking his medicine for five years he hasn't shown to be violent and we think he's okay they turned him out he is a five free man. years is so nothing he is a free man yeah, yeah. anyway yeah well i was I, you know if i thought it was a deterrent i used to think it was i used to think that like it like before somebody would kill somebody they would think well what if i get the death penalty but then as I get older and I just start real like like understanding thoughts and how my own brain works and how other people's brain might work and I could totally be wrong. I could be wrong about anything I ever say. But I'm just thinking has a murder ever not happened because someone is about to kill somebody's like, "Oh, wait a second. I could have the death penalty." And then they don't. Yeah. Like I just I don't. don't see I, I I don't I don't think that's a thing. No, I think once I think if someone is I think it's once it's to that point yeah you're the person's gonna yeah. do it i don't know and if it's premeditated i mean so you might say well a crime of passion they wouldn't have that thought because they're so mad and so they just react and kill okay but then the premeditated side it's like well if it's premeditated obviously they think they're gonna get away with it so if they think they're gonna get away with it and they have this like elaborate plan, obviously not this idiot. But if they have this <laughs> if they have this elaborate plan, they don't think they're gonna get caught. So death penalty's not a deterrent because they don't think they're gonna get caught at all. Maybe the death penalty is part is why they went to such lengths oh. to try. Oh dude, you said you just said something I've never thought of before. Like, right. it makes it worse. It yeah. makes their plan even better. Yeah, because they're like, holy shit, if I mess up, I'm dead. If Ooh. I mess up and get caught, I'm a dead man. Man, you might have talked me more into my on the fence to jump <laughs> off on the anti, <laughs> uh, anti, um, whatever, lethal injection, all this stuff. Huh? Yeah. Um, death penalty. But, uh, yeah, I've, I, I, th- I think about that from time to time while watching true crime stuff. And, yeah. and I just don't think I'm in. I don't think I'm, I'm in on it. I mean, I, and I'm, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be like a, like a sissy or a snowflake or whatever. And maybe I am, but it's just like, I just, I, I think about this and it's from a movie or something where something happens and a bunch of people die. And then a guy has a chance to kill. And I can't even think of what movie it is. You might, you might place, you might place it by the quote, but it's like, I think in this movie, the guy, I picture it like this and it's been a movie. I haven't seen in a long time, obviously, cause I can't place it. But he puts the gun down. He has a chance to kill the person that he could and make it all right or whatever. Right. But then somebody asks him and he says something kind of to the effect like there's been enough bloodshed or something. Oh, yeah. You know, and he's just like, you know, just walks away or whatever. It's yeah. Like, there's just it's just like that's not going to bring the person back. You know, it's just been enough. And in theory, it seems like the more noble thing to do. Yeah, it right? does. It does. And I get the fact like. You want, you, you know, I get the fact, take him out of the, you know, he might do it again, kill him. You know, I, I totally understand that. But, but I think life without the possibility of parole, I mean, I, 
I know that people are like, we have to feed that son of a bitch the rest of his life. Like, <laughs> okay, I, yeah. but so do we have to f- feed the guy that, you know, sold a, a a little bit of marijuana on a street corner? We have to feed him too, and that's like, to me, that's nothing. But, uh, you know, we could argue that all day long with some people that yeah. would love to argue that, how that ruins people. But, uh, yeah, okay. Sure. So yeah, uh, what your part uh, go, basic, going off of what you just said there, there are people in jail now in prison for longer than Vince. Lee. There are people that were in jail before Vince Lee saw the guy's head off on a Greyhound yeah. for a drug for for having a pound of weed. Yeah, that are still there. Vince Lee, who saw the guy's head off, is now free. Yeah, I think it's name. I keep saying Vince Lee. I'm pretty well, sure it's like it's like you. Uh, it's you know I, I I'm not steeped in this but i i just think that obviously there needs to be some kind of thing like the minimum for this is this the minimum mm. for this is this and like the minimum for the selling a little bit of drugs can't ever supersede the i killed someone yeah 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 <laughs> there are people there are people who get longer sentences for financial crimes yeah than someone who murdered someone or, or pedophilia that should be right up there with murder because oh, you hell basically yes. ruin that person's life yes so uh some kind of rape thing that should be right up there too oh yeah oh, but yeah. uh hell yeah. um um i don't know i'm more liable to to um support the death penalty for someone caught molesting someone more than like uh more than like some kind of convicted killer well i get that man anything done to a child yeah exactly oh yeah yeah that's yeah yeah anyway there's not words we're we're, um our our listeners are smart they will they agree with us to and we're just virtue signaling each other by obviously we totally are yeah we totally any i mean yeah i don't want to end up like well my ex-wife used to say this is something she used to say and it would drive me crazy we'd be sitting there watching like a and i was just talking about this last night so it's fresh in my mind to my uh, my new wife, my current wife, your new wife, uh, your that, new wife of that, 20 years. Or however. Well, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, um, but I said that she would say this, she would, we'd be watching a show and, uh, uh, it'd be like a show about a murder and she'd say, yeah, I, I don't, I don't like murdering. I think it's wrong. Oh and, yeah. And I was like, so you don't think you should be able to kill people? <laughs> She's like, yeah, I don't think that's right right that's wrong it's like you're right what else what else what else you think should i hit someone with a baseball bat in the face oh oh that's wrong okay that's why i don't understand you ever watch the view <laughs> they no. that's these ladies it's pointless <laughs> they'll watch a clip like they'll watch a little clip about like when chris chris watts killed his family yeah and then one of them will say well all i know is that it is irreprehensible and disgusting what he did. And then the, the whole audience, cla- I'm like, no shit. What, why did you even say that? Say something that has substance. Uh, what yeah. do you? Yeah. What? You I just mean, wasted every, everyone, everyone does that, but I feel like they do that. And I don't even watch that much, but I feel like they do that a lot. I feel like there's a lot of that daytime TV that does that. Um which yeah, it, virtual signaling is that what that's what it is for sure. Yeah, which I hate that term usually, but anyway, yeah, I'm like, come but, on. But I, I think it probably is a thing, and I think everyone's guilty of it. But but I think there are some people that are guilty of it a lot. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's why I'm just. I don't even see the point of that. Say something that has. Op- we're I'm operating from a place where 
that's obvious. Oh, killing your whole family is bad. That's obvious. We don't even need to say that. Let's talk about, you know, why or how or, or you know, the, what should be the punishment. I just, I don't know. For some reason, that just went all we over. We should end every episode that we do true crime, and you should say, Ivan, what do you think about this case? And I'll be like, yeah, I didn't really like that murderer guy. I think I think that guy was wrong for doing that. <laughs> Me too. We'll yep. see you guys next week. See you then. Yeah. I didn't yeah. agree with his decisions either. Yeah. That was so wrong. Yeah. Well, okay, Captain Ob- the uh, Captain Obvious podcast. That now thing what? That even the Bible understood to be wrong. Yeah, you know, and, and I mean they and it thinks you could stone someone for getting raped. So even they got it right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honor killings. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So uh, yeah. Anyway, I think that's wrong. I th- I I agree. Yeah. And anyone who uh, disagrees, well. They, they must be a murderer. <laughs> uh, a murderer. What would be the, uh, um, uh, I don't know, pander, pandering for a murderer. I don't know. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I, I missed. I have a word that I'm trying to think of, but I can't, I can't, I can't get it out. Placating or I don't know what you're Placating. Yeah, that's not know, bad. That's know. not bad. But anyway, yeah. So, yeah, 71 minutes, they sentenced Ronald to death in the old old Sparky, the electric chair. Ronald was sent to the Huntsville unit in Huntsville, Texas, to wait execution. O'Brien was shunned and hated by his fellow inmates. I wonder why. Because some of them are in jail for uh, not, a f- not terrible things, and they're wanting to see their kid. Yeah. You know? Oh, you killed your kid for some money? Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Sleep well tonight. And buddy. I robbed a bank, which you should have done. <laughs> and, I, and I can't see my kid yeah. for, you know, six years. And it makes me sad. Yeah. Unlike you. And you gave him a pixie stick. Yep. I'm going to give you a pixie stick. Um, through a series of appeals and three stays of execution, it would be nine years before Ronald's sentence would be carried out. Although the method had been changed to lethal injection as the electric chair had been recently deemed cruel and unusual punishment. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll go with that. It's pretty crazy. W- which would you rather do? They should have said cyanide or electric chair. Oh. <laughs> which one was worse? You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, man, I don't know. Yeah, probably cyanide, but you don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's I don't know, dude. Ronald's date of execution did finally come, though. After a last meal of steak, French fries, peas, and a Boston cream pie, he was laid, or led, sorry, to the gurney. Before receiving the fatal injection, he issued this statement. All right, he was denied delusional. It. Yeah, he of course, it. he was. De- yeah. Who would? I, I don't know. Yeah, hey, here we go. I'll just. I think isn't it that a lot, a tone though, and they just basically say, I don't know. I think only the true cowards just, yeah, just just deny, deny right up to the... But, yeah, several... Look, all right, okay, you're about to die. Even Or they say some kind of thing that's like, I don't know, it's kind of like talking in code or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, go yeah. ahead. Here's his final statement. What is about to transpire in a few moments is wrong. However, we as human beings do make mistakes and errors. This execution is one of those wrongs. Yet it doesn't mean our whole uh, system of justice is wrong. Therefore, I would forgive all who have taken part in any way in my death. Also, to anyone I have offended in any way during my 39 years, I pray and ask your forgiveness, just as I forgive anyone who offended me in any way. 
I pray and ask God's forgiveness for all of us, respectively, as human beings. To my loved ones, I extend my undying love. To those close to me, know in your hearts I love you, one and all. God bless you, and may God's bless best blessings be always yours. Ronald C. O'Brien. P.S. During my time here, I have been treated well by all TDC personnel. Okay. So what did he not mention that you think you would mention if you're wrongfully accused? Uh, I didn't do it. Yeah, but wouldn't you mention your son? Yeah. That you miss? Yeah. But he didn't miss him, so he didn't even mention I look forward to finally seeing my son in yeah. heaven who, who was taken away from me. And this yeah. is wrong. Yeah. Taken away from me. You know, he literally thought to to mention that he'd been treated well by the staff, but not as anything about his son. Yeah, because <laughs> he killed him. By the way, uh, the mattress was fairly comfortable uh, most of the time in, in my cell. So I, I, I can't complain about that. All yeah. right, let's do this. Son would have been, what, 17 when he. Yeah. Uh, nine. Seven, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, man. Yeah. yeah, man. As hundreds of jubilant demonstrators yelled trick or treat. And distributed pixie sticks outside the prison. That's true. <laughs> Ronald Clark O'Brien received a fatal injection just after midnight and was declared dead at 1248 a.m. on March 31st, 1984. And that ends the saga of the Candyman. I don't even know what I want to say about the pixie sticks people outside. <laughs> you know, when Ted They're Bundy... still not as sick as that effort, but... No. You know, I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird way to show, even if you feel like justice is being served, it's a weird, like when Ted Bundy was, was executed, uh, he went to the electric chair, I believe, didn't he? Uh, I think he did. Yeah, I don't know for sure. There were people outside of that uh, prison that had shirts that said like, burn Bundy burn and Bundy barbecue and, and they were cheering and, you know, um, I yeah, maybe if you're one of the relatives of the like dozens and dozens and dozens of girls he killed maybe you'd don't you think there is a guy like in a in a cast like a fake cast and like pushing a bike or whatever? <laughs> you know i bet there probably was you want to help me put my uh, this boat on top of my yeah wagon oh the boat yeah that's right wasn't it like a little little sailboat or something yeah. on top of his wagon but no he did several other things too because one of them he just hung out uh what was it like he had one was outside the college where he was Maybe maybe a girl was helping him carry his books or something. Yeah, and then he acted like he dropped his keys and he had a tire iron placed under his car. And anyway, uh. that's a whole nother that's a whole nother bag of worms. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, that's our Hallow hundred first episode of Donna yeah. Mantis Halloween. Ronald Clark O'Brien. If there's a hell, which I don't think there is, but if there is one, buddy, he's probably there. Killing your own kid for some money for anything is just uh, wise, as the view would say. Well, that's just not something I agree with. Yeah, I you know you know what I really think about this guy. I think he's just a big, big jerk. jerk. <laughs> uh, where's yeah. our so? What do we got? You want to preview anything for next time? Yeah, man. Like our next story. Yeah, I mean you could you could be. Um, I got a vague or or whatever you want to be. Which one? Sh- which one should we do? I'll ask you right now. Do you want to do one? There's the okay. There's the death of a late 1800s actress that uh, her body disappeared and was never found, and and or mm-hmm. or there's a case where a little girl disappeared and then like 40 years later her sister disappears. Wow. Which one you want? Either one. I don't care. Either one. Yeah. Yeah. That's. But they're both sound intriguing. Okay. So next week, let's do this. So next week we'll do 
the disappearance, the murder of Debbie Shelton and the disappearance of her sister uh, 30-something years later. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 So, and uh, that's a pretty interesting one. So we'll do that next time. So, uh, sorry to, to, to buzz kill you for Halloween, but I kind of I look at uh, this case as kind of a, hey, the, the candy's fine most most generally yes. uh 99.9% of the time unless it's from your uh psychopath dad uh, <laughs> but uh yeah so uh go out there and have fun this halloween full moon uh Ooh. on a saturday night and uh as far as here the weather's not going to be too bad right you know play us out with some spooky halloween music yeah or sounds that. here's some spooky scary sounds oh, 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 of oh, halloween oh, oh, oh. uh oh uh oh what happened? Commercial? Yeah, commercial. Oh, it's okay. It's in okay. three seconds. In three seconds, we'll oh, do that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get the mood back. Here we go. Okay. Skip sorry, ads. Boom. Sorry. Playing it back. Scary sounds of Halloween track. And. Happy Halloween from Dawn of Mantis. That at first just sounded like a guy in a bathroom. <laughs> yeah, he's in the bathroom. Ooh, he ate at Taco Bell. Ooh. See, I told you. Oh, no, that's a dog. Maybe. Or a stomach. <laughs> oh. We need a courtesy flush on that one, Wolfman. <laughs> Have a happy Halloween. Bye-bye. <laughs>